0: Megadads Live is brought to you by Patron Support. As more and more indie creators enter the crowdfunding scene with an eye on your dollar, I would imagine that you as a consumer have a lot of things to consider when deciding who will receive your support. It can't be easy when you have to weigh your love of content creators with your need to balance your budget. Well we at Megadads understand that you as a consumer can't pledge your support to everyone and that's okay. It's with this in mind that we at Megadads are announcing a new program called the Other Guys. The F*** the Other Guys program is designed to show you the value in your pledge to Megadads, while also highlighting the reasons why you should avoid other Patreon programs. When you enroll in the Other Guys, you will receive a monthly pamphlet which spotlights information about other content creators and why they are not deserving of your Patreon dollars. Like Bobby Pauls, the Nintendo Guru and his secret addiction to black tar heroin. Or Dave Moore from Dayspace.com, and his members-only underground sex dungeon. Do you really want to give those guys your money? Come on. If you would like to support the Megadads and join the F*** the Other Guys initiative, simply go to patreon.com slash megadads, and for as little as a dollar a month, you can become a producer and help create content for this show. Our producers this month are Grouchy Surge, Luke Lore, Paul Lloyd, Johnny Casino, David Snyder, Mark Peterson, John Heidman, Eric Guptail, The Nintendo Dads Podcast, Justin Masson, Sean Capri, The Buffalo Yucks Dudes, Make Us Better, Gary Gray, and our newest producers, Dan Nagin, Joseph Hoover, and old skinny Matt himself, Matthew Knight. Thank you for your support of Dads and enjoy the show. is how we begin.
1: Welcome, everybody, to Mega Dads Live, episode 41 for August 2017. Are you sure? 41? I'm pretty sure. Really? Do you want
0: me to... Okay, cut. No,
1: I mean, we can keep going. Hold on. You want me to look, right? We're going
0: to leave this in. You want me to look? No, I can... can, No, look, your last episode was 40.
2: Holy crap. I know this because my,
0: my podcast app... Is currently on y'all's page because I was listening to old episodes. Oh my god, John, Uh, we are less than a minute and a half in and we got our first y'all. All All right, continue with the opening.
3: On this month's
1: episode, we're going to be talking about Splatoon 2, um, Dream Daddy, Mm. and we are going to have a conversation with the one and only Victor Lucas. But first. But first. But first. We're not alone. To start, at my side, as always, is Mr. Adam Leonard. But more importantly, joining us <laughs> on this episode. Way more importantly. Is the host of Generational Gamers Podcast and Forget Being Cool,
0: Mr. Johnny Casino. Not to brag. Yay! Oh. Is that, not, that Did I say yay too fast? No, no, you didn't nope. say yay. Oh, yay! I, I don't think I've ever been called
3: more important before.
0: Well, you've never so. <laughs> you've <laughs> been never on a pod- show with Adam before. Yeah, <laughs> you've been on a <laughs> podcast with us before. <laughs> Pretty much everything is more important than us. How's it going?
3: Oh, I, it's good. Oh, I'm so excited. One, I'm so excited to ago. be here. I'm so excited to be here. Um, But but I, I discovered there's a couple things you know, coming into this show. Mm-hmm. Um, one, one is that on my other show, I get kind of reeled in a little bit with some of the stuff I have to say, right? I, I can't be as, as um, I don't know, as normal as I usually am. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the problem is, is that I, I spent 12 years in the Navy, seven and a half years on a submarine. And so now I'm worried that if
0: y'all let me go too much, the pendulum's going to swing so far to the other side, I have no idea what I'm going to say. Unfiltered Johnny is just going to be like pure F-bombs and rage.
3: Uh, no, I can usually hold in the F-bombs, but who knows where the penis jokes are going to go.
0: If that's that's our thing. If that's our wheelhouse. <laughs>
3: the, the The other thing I discovered right before the show was that I wanted to make sure, you know, every time I'm on someone else's show, I listened to a little bit of their show. So I was like, I'm going to go listen to the last time you had a guest, which was Sean, so I can kind of get a feel for how it's going to be. And then I realized that was a terrible idea because he came in funny and intelligent, and I might come in neither. <laughs>
0: That's, like, half the reason that we don't usually have guests is because they are way smarter than us, way more charming than we are. This is kind of, like, uncomfortable territory for us. Recently, we've had, like, a lot of, not, like, full guests. We don't usually do, like, full guests where they hear the full episode. lot of interviews.
1: Yeah, I was listening to the um, We The Gamer cast with uh, Marissa Roberto uh, that Sean had a week or two ago. And all I could think about the whole time is like, man, he is so much better at interviews than we are.
0: I bet. He, I bet he sweats a lot less too. Speaking of sweat, um, before we get into this, like the the, the the regular talk of our show, I had a question for you guys. Do you think? I don't know. I don't know if this is a thing that exists, but do you think it would be possible to have like nut lift surgery? You know, like, like like old ladies get facelifts or like tuck their boobs up mm-hmm. as i get older my balls get significantly droopier and wrinklier and sweatier do you think there's a procedure to correct that dude if there is i need to
3: know about this and, and let me tell you this real quick i've i've I, I i can't have kids anymore right i went through a procedure no more kids okay and here's what the doctor told me afterwards. He said, one, I only had to make one incision, where normally I have to make two. And two, he looked at my wife and said, he's got some really saggy balls.
0: <laughs> wait, wait. A, a medical professional said this? Yes. Wow. Huh. They had to, like, get tow cables and, like, rig that thing up and lift? Well, I mean, I'm just... I'm just I, clearly Johnny has the same problem that I do, but they just get lower... And lower, and that invites in more pockets of sweat. And my balls are just gross at this point. Right. Do you think it's possible to medically correct that? First of all, this isn't the Nintendo Dads podcast,
1: so you should watch your, your topics and your language here. We can't just... <laughs> we, this, is a, this is a PG show, so easy now. I just thought I'd go off the deep end to start. And second of all, I, I think it just that's just part of... It's awful and horrible to get old, and just one of the things you got to deal with. It's
0: like that song, "Do your ears hang low?" I mean, you know what do I you have to do? Throw them over your shoulder. I can practically throw my balls over my shoulder at this point. I was yesterday. I
1: was thinking about we got the. I'm going to a concert this weekend, and I was like, okay, I want to like you know trim my beard and look good, and like part of that regiment now is like, oh, I have to remember to shave my nose
0: and my ears right. before I go out. God, we just get disgusting as men as we get older. Old men down. are just freaking gross god but i don't i don't want to be
1: that what if you get like i don't know there's got to be just wear like a jock
0: strap to just hold them up and tighten get some bungee cords yeah and some scotch tape yeah okay
3: yeah i think if they can do tummy tucks and remove like tummy skin right you gotta be able to do that for your scrotum right exactly Just take some skin out but you have to make sure you evenly take it out so it doesn't like hang lopsided (laughs) right
0: (laughs) that's important because otherwise yeah. you're just walking around in circles all day because of the weight dispersion. <laughs>
3: would you
1: do that? Would, would you, I do would, that? Would you let somebody take a scalpel to your genitals just for the sake of they don't quite smell like a dumpster anymore? I might. I might. It's that
0: bad. It's getting to that point where I went to the bathroom the other day. I'm like, oh, my God, what does that smell? Oh, that's my nuts. There's a corpse in the <laughs> shower.
3: Okay. Now, have you ever smelt them? A- god this is getting so bad—through <laughs> your clothing—
0: Oh, no, not through.
3: Go out to sea on a submarine for a while. (laughs) It'll happen. You'll be sitting there Indian style for some reason, right? I don't know if I'm allowed to say Indian style anymore, but... You could you'll you'll sit there and you will like lean over to grab something and just get a whiff and you're like that's through my
0: clothing. That's bad. I'm going to clear my schedule next week and go on a submarine.
3: But if you're on a submarine,
1: <laughs> you could just blame it on the dude, the other dude's balls cuz everybody's balls are just confined to this canister in the middle of the ocean. It's
0: just a giant steel container of ball sweat. It's like you can't prove those are my
3: balls. No, <laughs> yeah, but but you know, but you know they're yours. You know. You know your own and brand. You're like,
0: <laughs> <laughs> You were like, I had a lot of bean curry last night. I can tell.
3: Oh. I don't think you smell that through your balls, wet.
0: Yeah, you never know. <laughs> if you rub That's... it on your junk before you eat. How do you eat?
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I usually dip a little bit. after I have, I have a...
1: sauce. I have a hard I... enough time using chopsticks. How the hell do you? <laughs> <laughs> oh.
0: All right. Enough for the balls. I just wanted to ask because it was it was front of mind for me. Okay. Your balls were on your mind. They usually are. Huh. So, so Johnny, what's up, man? <laughs> let's transition to you. You have a show that you do three times a week, and if that isn't bad enough, you do it with uh, with Dave, with Dave Moore. <laughs> so it's like when I think of when I think of podcasting more than once a month, like that's that's trying enough. Uh, you do it thrice a week. Typically, yeah. on no sleep at all um, yeah and then you throw Dave in there too yeah um, are you okay no <laughs> <laughs> so I mean
3: you know we started we started with once a week with the other show and we both had the same basic idea that if we could do this every single day for an hour hour and a half to start out our mornings that would be amazing um, but I work a rotating shift and he works evenings, like early afternoon to the evening. And so working those schedules, we weren't able to be like, okay, we can do it every day. So we figured three days a week, it's normally in the morning. Sometimes it's, you know, I work a 12 hour shift. I come home for about an hour and a half and then I start the, sh- the show before I go to sleep. Uh, and yeah, that those can be painful. But I mean, as far as Dave goes, everybody loves Dave. Some people just love to give him a lot of shit, Adam.
0: He has something about his personality where it is like he is everybody's annoying little brother. And you just want to give him the biggest noogie all the time. So, yeah, I mean, I've never met the man. I've I've talked to him maybe twice. But every time I hear him talk, I'm like, I just want to hold him upside down and stick his head in the toilet and give him a swirly.
3: No, no, I get that. I get that. Um, but it's one of those things, right? So here's the deal with Dave, right? So God, he's more than 10 years younger than me, I believe. Um, and so we come from very different gaming backgrounds and, and whatever else. And what we talk about is usually based around gaming. Um, but you get on with Dave and you can talk about anything. And he just gets the biggest smile on his face. And so, for people who like just listen and don't watch live, that smile will turn you around on everything. Now, you still want to give him shit at the end of the day, mm-hmm. right? That doesn't change. Uh, he still has no idea who many many pop culture icons are, um,
0: How old which is, is, is he? you remember we're talking about yeah. this last month, right? Um, what was the last? Oh, Paul Rudd. He doesn't know who Paul Rudd is now.
1: I mean, is he like fifteen? No, yeah, <laughs> hope, could he name I like every so. disney channel star is that is that what we're dealing with a huge bieber fan no.
0: <laughs> every episode he's got like a selena gomez t-shirt on zendaya no he's really big into man zendaya.
3: i would <laughs> i would work so hard on that one no he's always wearing spider-man he loves spider-man no he's like oh god i should know exactly how old he is but i don't i want to say like 25 okay 24 25
0: old enough to know better. Um,
3: yeah, he just, than us. he just doesn't know who the people are. Like, he's seen them. He's seen some of the stuff, right? But he just doesn't know who they are. And so it's fun because every week we watch a movie and talk about it at the end of the week. And every week we usually talk about what shows we're binge watching. And so I will tell him who's on these shows and
0: he just gives me this, like, blank stare. <laughs> it's like the opposite of us. Like, we can name people in movies and TV that we've never even watched. Because for some reason, John and I have this weird, funky pop culture brain or we just lock that crap up tight. Um, I can't remember when my anniversary is. There's got to be something <laughs> up there. <laughs> it's just cobwebs <laughs> and and um, 90s pop culture. But tell us a little bit about your um, endeavor into podcasting. Because people might not know this. People your, probably en- don't. Your endeavor into podcasting started with, ed- with a question of advice to, to John and I. And I actually pulled this email up. Oh, God from uh april of 2016 so i guess it was just last year this was before you started anything and it says i'm gonna read it now oh god I i found your podcast a few months ago and have enjoyed it ever since i really appreciate that it comes from gamers who are dads i have two kids of my own and mixing the father duties and the call of the video games can get interesting i'm trying to get advice on podcast hardware and software my friend and I hope to start one in a couple of months. I'm working out the details and trying to make sure that I'm properly prepared. And I remember reading this, and then later you, like, sent us, when you got your, your podcast up, you sent, you sent like, a link, and you're like, hey, check this out. And I remember reading this and looking at John and just saying, um, who the f*** does this guy think he is? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, no... And, and honestly, you haven't shut up since, because you like podcasts non-stop.
3: Well, so... When Where did we that got come started, from? Well, okay, so I didn't find podcasts until, God, like, three years ago or something like that. They've been around forever, and I, I didn't mm-hmm. find them. I found them through uh, the show called What Say You, which has since stopped, and then that went into The Indoor Kids, which is also since stopped. Uh, and then eventually I found The Nintendo Dads, which kind of spread out to lead to almost everything else that I listen to these days. Yeah. And... I I, radio is always something I wanted to do, but I joined the military, had a family, and now I can't go be a radio intern. Right. I can't go from raising a family on my income to making three dollars a year as an intern. Um, so, so I, I started talking to my buddy, Ben, and I was like, Hey, I'm thinking about doing this. And he was on board, but we're like, we don't know what we're doing. And so I was like, Hey, I know some people I can reach out to that are really smart. So I reached out to them to know dads. Whoa, whoa,
4: whoa. (laughs) Okay. okay, okay. There you go. There you go. All right.
3: And then I was like, well, I listened to these other ones too. And I mean, they, they put some weird music behind them, which by the way, really weird talking to y'all and hearing this without music playing behind you. That's
0: exactly what Sean said. He's like, where's the music? That's the magic of post production.
3: Yeah. So so I got kind of some insight from both of y'all um, as far as the production side of it goes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I made a bunch of bad choices with the stuff that I bought. Um, and I sent some links to y'all to listen to, which I don't think you probably did. And I hope you didn't because, wow, those episodes were really bad.
0: No, we did. We did. Oh, and that's why you didn't respond. That's why we went radio silent until just a few months ago. <laughs> No, yeah, one was of really... the things that I remember John saying is that you have a sexy radio voice. Mm-hmm.
3: So people tell me this, like, and I never heard, I think it was actually Bobby Paul's was the first one to say it. it. It was this backhanded like, insult compliment thing of, hey, your voice is great, but you don't know anything you're talking about, was I think <laughs> basically what he told me that day.
0: Well, John meant it with his whole hand. Oh. It, wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't just backhand. It was front. <laughs> it was middle. It All was a little hand. bit between the fingers. <laughs>
3: I know. Oh, God. I I, speaking, you know, I told you I listened to that that Sean Capri episode. So after hearing that and you milking cows and now saying you're talking about me with your whole hand, I don't know how I like this.
0: When we like things, we like them a lot.
3: Yeah. (laughs) Um, But yeah. Yeah. So I started doing that and it was it was terrible. I mean, it was fun, but it was bad. Right. And then I, I got hooked up with Sean Capri. And I was on um, with the GamerCast, which is where I met Dave. And then after I met Dave and we started doing a show, that's when my all my equipment started upgrading. So now I've got like two really nice mics. I've got multiple mixers. Um, I, uh, I I sold a table and my elliptical yesterday. So now I have money to go buy a new studio build, like computer and everything. So I'm, I am I, I got rid of the stuff that makes me. Don't sell your fat. children. I think they would have to pay me to take them off my hands. <laughs> Yeah, so now I won't now I won't stay fit, but I can sit in front of a computer all day, that'll be nicer.
0: So I'll just get fat. You seem really invested. Hmm.
1: That's yeah. The about, that's the thing about podcasting, is like if you're not like a radio professional or something, you just have to get used to the fact that you just have to suck for a while before you get good. I mean almost, Oh yeah, our first episodes were god awful. Right. And and to be honest, like, so episode forty awesome. wasn't yeah. that much better. Yeah. But <laughs> But you know, there's just like, you know, I think that's how most people get into podcasting is just like, you know, I don't know what the hell I'm doing, but I'm going to throw shit at the wall and see what sticks and see what works and mm-hmm. improve over time and get more comfortable over time. And
0: yeah, that's, that's all it is.
3: Yeah. So I'm excited though. I get a new studio soon. Oh, jealous. I get something in my background besides these, uh, Minecraft toys and my sons that are back there right now. You
0: can put your own toys in the background.
3: Oh, I will. All my <laughs> Zelda stuff. I have the boxes made for like on the wall and all my Zelda, every Zelda game, all my Zelda figures, all that stuff will be like right behind me. Nice. It's going to be amazing.
0: I have this, this amazing shelf that I have positioned off camera. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's like this. It's literally my entire wall and it's nothing but game stuff. Um, but it's, it's just in the wrong place. Yeah. I can't switch walls now. You could move the desk, you idiot. You <laughs> but I can't move walls. the desk. I can't move the desk either because then I can't get at my guitars. That you don't I mean, if you did
3: play. a music podcast, you'd be set.
0: Yeah, right. Yeah. Two two guitars in the in the scene there. All right, let's talk about some games, video games, video gaming. You guys, well, I think all of us, but more so, you
1: guys have been playing Splatoon.
0: I played played a lot, like ramping up to my review, which Mm -hmm. people can go to megadads.org and read my review of it. Mm -hmm. Um, After the game launched, um, I kind of fell off a little bit. I've still been playing it pretty frequently. Once everybody else started playing, then you bailed. (laughs) Which is funny, right? Because when I was doing the review, like it was impossible to fill a lobby because it was just game journalism. And I could, it was funny because I was like, oh, I know that guy from this website. I know that guy from this magazine. I could, I could tell who was playing because I recognized all these journalists. But, uh, yeah, once the game launched, then for some reason I just didn't have time to play Splatoon anymore. And now I haven't been playing so much. Um, the few times that I have, Johnny gets on and just chases me down.
3: Okay, hold, hold on a second. And I've said this before, but to a different audience. The funniest thing I have ever seen in Splatoon is running around, shooting the ground, right? Mm-hmm. And you look over, and there's the thing that says Adam, or Mega Adam, above its head. Running around like a little child, holding a, <laughs> a, a, a roller, and just not paying attention to anything in the world, but just do 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 and all I can picture is a small child running around, do 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 and, and he and, So I've only played against you like twice, because every time I go into a room and you're there, you disappear. Uh, John, same with you, by the
0: way. <laughs> Um, I you know, but- I, I wonder if there's something with the lobby matchmaking because I know I thought the same thing. Like I would do a round with you and then I'd stay in the lobby and you'd be gone and then I'd do another round and then you'd be back. So I wonder Richard. if if it isn't like rotating somehow, because I, I heard you say that on your show, and I'm like, but I never left. I thought you were the one who was leaving. So there must be no, something why weird would in the I- lobby.
3: Why would I leave if I can chase you down as you're rolling around on the ground?
0: Yeah, right. I'm a roller guy. I avoid conflict. When I'm playing Splatoon, I'm like, guys, can we stop fighting and just make the ground pretty? I'm trying to make the ground pink. (laughs) Um, So what do you think of Splatoon, John? People Um, can read my opinion. People can read your opinion.
1: No, I'm really digging it. I haven't spent a tremendous amount of time with it. I think I'm like a level 6 uh, and, I've, Pussy. and I've done like the first two levels of the single player, which has been pretty good. Um, you know, it's it's Splatoon. It's it's still great. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've added enough little tweaks to it to make it feel somewhat new. Um, I haven't done any Salmon Run. Oh, see, that's at what all. that's what you're missing. Yeah. Salmon Run is awesome. Yeah. So I still got um I still got to put a lot more time into it, but I'm really I'm really digging
0: it so far. What do you think overall, Johnny?
3: Uh, I'm having a lot of fun. It, it took me a little while to get real into it because mm-hmm. I don't like the motion. But I know if I'm not using the motion, I'm gonna be terrible anyway. Um, I've gotten where I like the motion more, but not when it comes to like going head on with another player because yeah, I, I will lose that headshot
0: competition. I don't even mess with the motion. Like, I, it drives me nuts. Well,
3: it's because you, all you, all you're doing is looking at the ground and right? squishing around. <laughs> Who
0: needs it? <laughs> Who needs it,
3: man? I mean, I'm using I'm using guns not well. But I'm using them so I have to be able to I don't know move around better. But yeah. uh, I, I I was worried that I wasn't gonna like it and that I would only be playing it whenever I could play with specific people. Right. And it turns out that it's become the game where, you know, I'm in the living room, my wife's watching something, my mother in law is in town for a while right now, so they'll be watching something. I'll just reach over to the Switch and pull it off the dock and and I've i probably played it seventy five percent handheld. Oh really? And I'll just Yeah, and I'll just sit there and play two or three rounds and Put it back and you know, i picked up one of the little switch games t- um yesterday so i'll just grab one of those two games pull it off and just do to do do, do and, and and it's fun and I, I still have fun doing that now i have barely started the single player i'll do that when i can play when i don't have internet access uh and i've yet to do salmon run so i'm looking forward to doing that like i did the tutorial part but i haven't actually played real salmon run with anybody
0: the problem that i'm having is splatoon is like you said a game that's better when you're playing With friends and those, you know, people that you know, my windows of being able to play are so small and just, like, random that I feel like I'm missing out on a lot of this. Because I listen to a lot of different podcasts, like We The Gamer Cast and If We Ran Nintendo, and everybody's talking about, oh, yeah, I was up to 3 o'clock in the morning playing, like, 7 hours in a row, and I'm just like, yeah, I got, like, 15 minutes in yesterday. (laughs) Half of that was running around the city and getting into the lobby, you know? Um... I wish that I had, I don't know, and and part of it is I can't play handheld, like I think I'd be able to play more if I could play handheld, but I don't know what it is with this game. My hands cramp up so bad, so fast playing this game, and I don't know if it's because you're always adjusting that camera with the right stick, like your thumb is pretty much always, and that stick is so low down, I don't know. It's not just your balls? No, it's not just my balls. (laughs) It's that that right stick that's so low. Um, I've played Zelda handheld quite a bit, had no problem. Mario Kart, no problem, but for some reason and every single time I've tried playing Splatoon in handheld my hand cramps so fast. I think it's just the arthritis is much more advanced now. Very well maybe. I mean, I haven't heard anybody else uh, complain about this, but um, I can't play this game in handheld. I seriously can't. I've tried multiple times.
3: When you do it – now, one thing I have to do anytime I play it handheld, if I'm sitting in a chair, I cannot have my, my elbows up on the armrests, right? I can't have my arms, like, sticking, like, chicken wing style. I have to have them, like, tucked by my side so that they're more in, like, a straight line. And it seems to be more comfortable on my wrists. Really? Playing handheld with your arms kind of beside you. Yeah, because you're, you're not bending your wrist so much. Because if you're coming from the side, you're having to bend your wrist to get your, 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 your right thumb on that stick. That might be Try part to a of whole, it. Yeah, try to hold it more, more like, straight-lined, and it, it's a lot more comfortable, and I can play long periods of time handheld that way.
0: So I'm going to get my wife to swaddle me next time <laughs> I play Splatoon handheld. <laughs> She's just going to wrap me up like a little hot dog. Mm-hmm. I'll say, thanks, honey, tuck me in, and then I'll play some Splatoon with you guys. That's cute.
3: Yeah. And then and then the battery's going to die, and you're going to be stuck there with it <laughs> in your face without being able to play. It's like
0: 3 o'clock in the morning, and I'm just, like, stuck to my chair. <laughs>
3: I pooed myself. <laughs> so what
1: else have you been playing, Johnny?
3: Um, so, so I, I know, I know you got show notes and this wasn't on it, but I started yesterday and today I started playing Infinite Mini Golf. I've heard and, this
1: of, of this game, but uh, what is it?
3: Uh, so it's, it's Mini Golf, surprise, surprise, um, but it has infinite like... Pa- <laughs> yeah, it, it is. It's infinite for the reason that people can make courses and put them out there. So There's gonna be endless number of p- courses that are made by people, and I haven't tried this yet. I'm assuming it's pretty easy. Uh, my goal is to, like make them and send them to Dave, and have Dave make them and send them to me, and and, but I don't know. I don't know how well that works. Like I haven't gotten that far into it, um, but it's just mini golf, but it's got like power-ups and stuff, so you can run past something that allows you to control it with like a like a remote control. You've got something you can hit where it makes it bounce real high. It's super it, it's, arcadey. It's super arcadey mini golf. Cool. Um but it's it's fifteen bucks and I think it's probably worth fifteen. I would have preferred ten. Um but definitely something worth checking out. What is it uh, what are you playing it on? I'm playing it on the Switch. Okay. But I think it might be out on other stuff. Like I think it might be like across all the platforms. Huh.
1: I do so, enjoy,
0: enjoy the mini golf. I'm really excited for um, everybody's golf on PS4 oh. this month. Like, I'm so jacked for that.
3: Uh, that's, that's one of those games that I want, but mm. I only want it if I can play it with other people, and yeah. I find myself not having a lot of time to play, like, Xbox or PlayStation with other people.
0: It's amazing how much your time and your availability dictates what you buy these days, because I've passed on so many things because it's just like, nope. Horizon Zero Dawn? Never gonna have time for you. you know, so
3: oh, I can't wait for that one. I have it. I have it now. Got it for like twenty four bucks from uh, from Best Buy when they were doing their Cyber Monday in July thing. Oh really? Oh, so excited. Um, but the game I've been playing the most of lately, and Adam, you, you know this, uh, because as a lot of people that listen to my show know, uh, you and I message each other a decent mm-hmm. bit. Not, not to brag. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: I talk to you more than I talk to my wife. Yeah, well, I mean, we have a a special
3: relationship. Yeah,
0: we don't have as much sex, but... (laughs) I mean... We're working on it.
3: Sexting is all we can do. Yeah,
0: there's only so much you can do.
3: (laughs) Um, But but I've been playing uh, Life is Strange, which was a PS Plus game not too long ago, and oh my God, how did I not have that in my life up to that point?
0: Right? Mm. we, We sang that game's praises... So hard. <laughs> was it about two years ago? I think it was two two years ago. It was Probably a year. Yeah. And um, it's just one of those games that you ask any casual gamer, and they're like, "Why would I want to play a game about a high school girl?" You know? And it's just like, "No, you have no idea, dude. This game is." <laughs> so how far into it are you?
3: I I, I finished it. I finished it. Oh, uh, was it a couple of weeks ago? Maybe
0: now. I, I horrible, finished it. He did the horrible person ending. Oh no. No. <laughs> okay, so here, okay, so
3: first of all, right, so when the game starts and you get to that point where you get to make your first decision mm-hmm. and you can see the result and then rewind it and see the result of the other decision, I want to say, like, at that point, I messaged Adam and I was like, are you serious? Like, this is this is how this works? And I sat there and I, I really contemplated it for a while. That very first decision, which was, you know, do you rat someone out or not? Right. And then as the game goes on, you know, you're making decisions and, oh my God, I mean, th- the music in that game the feel of that game, the talking in it. Mm -hmm. Oh my, oh! but you get to the end and you make that final decision and it came up and I'm sitting, I was at work and it, 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 this decision, decision came up and I sent a message to Adam and I was like, is this really what I, I I really have to make this decision. And he's like, yeah. And so I got up, I, I I walked away from my workstation. I walked outside, walked around the parking lot for a minute to get some fresh air. I come back in. I'm like, wait, this decision's easy. I know what I want to do. And Spoiler alert, for anyone who hasn't played it yet, block the next 10 seconds, I wiped out that town.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You are a straight-up serial killer. Yeah, it's one of those decisions
1: Uh, where it's like, you can't overthink it. You can't try to rationalize it. It's
0: just like, what would I do? But I did the same thing Johnny did. I remember when I got to that point, I set the controller down for like five minutes and it was my wife and I we were sitting down in the family room playing and I just sat there and it was like, Yeah, you know what you want to do but like what's the what right thing do? to do? Right. And I think that game pulls off, which is why I'm so interested to see what they do with a season two. Like they're doing the prequel now, but they're they said they're doing a season two.
1: Yeah.
0: Like how how do you pick up after that? Like, well, I'm,
1: my guess is it's completely unrelated. to Do you think the it's gonna
0: be like a new cast of characters and yeah, all that? That's my. Oh, guess. it has to be right. But um, yeah, that's a that's a tough one. And and I cried like a baby at the end of that game. <laughs> like I bawled my eyes out.
3: Dude, I, I went back. You told me to watch the uh, YouTube video of the other ending, so I did. Right, I went back and found it on my phone watching the YouTube video and I could see where it's super emotional. But but as I've told people, I have a heart of stone, like a cold dark heart, so I wasn't that emotional. But but also like every two minutes there was a commercial break, and that really <laughs> messes up the flow of the of the emotions.
0: Have you ever cried during a video game?
3: Oh God. I don't I don't think so. No. I mean I, I cried at the end of Friday Night Lights. <laughs> Texas. Texas football <laughs> <Man>.
0: <laughs> John and I were talking about this just recently that like now that we're parents we cry about everything like yeah. I for real I cried at the end of Tron Legacy a couple weeks ago <laughs> <laughs> Friggin' Tron Legacy is a Disney movie about living inside of a video game and I cried at the end because it's like he did something nice for his kid and I was just like it's so nice what he did
3: Oh, I thought your tears were like he did something nice for his kid. Why can't I ever do that?
0: <laughs> well, yeah, pop culture. huh, but that's pretty much all I've been playing is Splatoon. Yeah, yeah. What about you? Uh, I got two games I want to touch on quick.
3: First, yeah, touch on it.
0: Touch on it. You want
1: to? You want to? You
0: always say that. I do. You say that every month. <laughs> I want to touch on this a bit.
1: I want to touch on two different things. You. Right and left. <laughs> So first of all, I got, I picked up Forza Horizon 3. Wait, you didn't have that yet? No, I didn't have it yet. What the F is wrong with you? We've been talking about that for the last couple of episodes. I thought you had that. No, I I played it a bit last year when it first came out, but I never bought it. So after talking about the Hot Wheels pack for mm-hmm. the last couple of episodes, I finally decided, you know what, I really haven't spent very much money on video games like at all this year it's like i'm gonna splurge i'm gonna do it what the hell so i went out and i picked it up and i bought the hot wheels expansion pack and it's so freaking good yeah um if you love
0: racers if you love what about erasers erasers I, I have a fondness for erasers well, i was thinking like my mind went like e-sports but you're like like on the end of a pencil like on a here. pencil Uh like on the like on the butt of the no. Then you'll hate this. Okay,
1: uh, but yeah, it's a fantastic racing game. I spent most of my time
0: with the Hot Wheels expansion, which is so stupidly cool. This is like and, the one game that I would buy if I had an Xbox.
1: And there's something about the fact that the the game itself is probably one of the most visually impressive games it looks friggin gorgeous. like on either console like that i've ever seen it's so good looking and just seeing giant orange loop-de-loops <laughs> but super like photorealistic loop-de-loops right that it's there's just something that makes it even more just kind of like wow this is like crazy that i'm going you know Doing these loop-de-loops and these jumps and racing past these animatronic
0: dinosaurs. I wonder how many times we can say loop-de-loops in this episode. How Me do you loop-de-loop? spell loop-de-loop? Is it with a T? Loop T? Loop, loop, or loop D? Yeah, definitely,
3: definitely with the T.
0: No, okay, loop T. I'm writing this down. Okay. <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs>
1: But yeah, I mean, and it's so it's this whole giant island that's separate from the main game. That's all Hot Wheels tracks, and there's tons of different
0: events to do. Are the cars all real cars, or are they Hot Wheel cars?
1: It's got both. Oh use, my god! Uh, I've got to get an Xbox. You can use all the cars that you've unlocked through the regular game,
0: but then there's a whole selection of Hot Wheels type cars uh, that you can get. Why? Why are there no good racers on PlayStation? Um, I mean, really, that genre in general. We were talking about this last like month. Like a Gran Turismo? But, see, I'm not into simulation.
3: Oh, you want, you? so you want the, the Horizon series?
0: Type, yeah, that's a, just, yeah uh, I would never play I mean, I, standard Forza. I only want Horizon.
3: Now, so here's my little confession. I don't own this game. Okay. And I take a lot of crap from Sean and Dave for not owning this game. It looks but incredible. I, it does, and I played the demo, like, like, like John did. I played the demo back when it first came out, and it looked amazing. But once again, it's one of those ones that I only really want to play much if I'm playing online with friends, mm-hmm. and that time is so limited. Mm-hmm.
1: I do like that they've got the Drivatar system, which is, which is cool. What did you call me? <laughs> <laughs> so it takes all your online friends that have played the game, and it creates basically an AI racer of them. So as you're cruising around, it'll insert them... You
0: know, Elon, Elon Musk says that AI is gonna kill us all. <laughs>
1: He's probably right.
0: And it starts with Forza Horizon. So yeah,
1: it's super good, and I'm really excited. They just announced that on August 1st, the Regalia from Final Fantasy
0: 15 that. is gonna be downloadable for free. They need the Batmobile in there. Put the Batmobile just in there. Just do a ton of these. Wait, wait, slicks.
3: which which Batmobile? All of them. All of the them. Animated,
0: <laughs> animated series. That's the best one. And Ooh. The really. No, long what about the 60s? Slick. Adam West Batman Batmobile? Yes, that's my favorite Batman. The...
2: Yeah. yeah that be good. I
0: like all of the Batmobiles except for the new one. That's yeah, that one's like garbage. The, that's got all the machine guns on yeah. it. Like, why the hell does a Batmo- the Batmobile have machine guns all over it? Yeah. To shoot
3: out rubber pellets, of course.
0: Yeah, right. But the other game I want to talk about, which I got into no, just the other go. night. Here we go. So, Buckle up, folks. <laughs> shit's getting weird now. <sighs>
1: So I've been hearing about this game all last week. There was a lot of buzz about the game. Was there? There was. I was hearing a lot about it. Dream Daddy.
3: Now, was the buzz all on um, <laughs> Grinder?
1: <laughs> so, okay. So, Dream Daddy. He just went right over that. Is, is, is,
3: is he blushing? I can't tell through the camera.
1: So, Dream Daddy, Dating Simulator. <laughs> I've never played a dating simulator
0: before,
3: so you went hardcore on this one. This
0: is this is all new to me. Why not just dive right into Dream Daddy? Dream Daddy. <laughs> well, I was like, okay, it's a dad, it's a
1: dad dating game. That sounds like something that you know our audience might
0: be interested in up 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 their alley. So when you say dad dating game, yes, is this like single dads? Yeah, their 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 spouses are dead. That's exactly it. Okay. Single
3: dads looking for other love. hot dads. No. Other hot
0: dads. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. What? Yes.
3: Wait. Did you not catch this in our conversation we had on Twitter where he's like, "Oh, it's a it's a gay dad dating simulator." I
0: must have missed the word "gay." <laughs>
3: <laughs> That's oh.
1: wait. No, it is absolutely yeah. You are a single dad. You you custom create your character. And you are moving into a new part of town and you're meeting other dads uh, and going
0: on dates. Like, no, nin- no. like Nintendo dads? <laughs> <laughs> uh, hold are you on. You hook it on. up with Jesse Waldak.
3: <laughs> oh. oh, the beards. Um, <laughs> so okay, so when you get to customize your character, mm-hmm. you get to customize, like, the. So I don't know the right word to use for this without offending somebody out there, but it's, like, not, the, it's
1: not Saints Row. Is the, it like the, ball sack the, the length? Type
3: of, no, no, the, just the type of gay dad that you are. Like, do you get to pick Twink or Bottom Bear or you, wait, like wait, all what that are
1: stuff? Wait, I don't even know if that's offensive bottom or not. Bear. I don't even know what that term means. I think that's the name of our episode. <laughs> bottom Bear. We have to Google it before we can name it that. I have no idea. Bottom Bear. I mean, you pick your Johnny body Casino. type, and then you customize your face, and you pick your clothes. Um, and then... <laughs> So, yeah. So, number one, like, the art style is really cool. It's got great hand-drawn art. Uh, <laughs> the music is good. Um, but I was just like, you know what? This is, like, I've never done a dating sim. Like, this is... I'm curious. I want to check this out.
3: Curious. Okay? Good word. And
1: keep going. Yeah. <laughs> He's curious. <laughs> He's so curious. So, and I, went, and I went on my first date last night. I think it went pretty well. Uh, and,
3: uh now, now, do, do these kind of dads, I mean, are they first date kind of guys, or do you make them call you afterwards?
1: Okay, so first What's of your all, protocol? first of all, I ain't no slut. Like the, <laughs> the first dude I met was like, we're walking down the street, and he's like, oh, this is my place. And he looks at me, and he goes, so uh, are we going to do this or not? Well, and I was like, no, I don't know you like that. I'm going home. I got a teenage daughter. Good day, sir. Good day.
3: Now, now, these other people you're running <laughs> into—is this like an online game where they're also being controlled by people?
1: Oh, lord. oh, lord, no. <laughs> okay, to say that. that's no longer a simulator. <laughs> it's an MMO. No, there are there are other guys <laughs> that, that live in your cul-de-sac. Man, I win. They live in your sack. Okay. They live in your cul-de-sac that you've moved into uh there's like the cool the guy i went on the date with is this cool asian guy who walks around he's got his like his infant baby and the baby bjorn like on his chest and we went to the gym during the date not during the date Uh. when we met we went to the gym we worked out a little bit uh last night we went to a concert (laughs) uh
0: barry manilow (laughs) okay
3: hold on so there is a cul-de-sac. So is it like zoning laws in this town that all the gay dads have to live in this one cul-de-sac? I think it's...
0: Wait, they all live in the same cul-de-sac? Oh yeah. I think it's just that's, that's that's a that's a I
3: think it's fate. Look look the liberal left is not gonna be okay with this. <laughs> <laughs> you
0: well uh... All the dads in this cul de sac are gay and have deceased spouses.
3: No yeah, well And you wonder like, and you wonder why they why he wanted you to put out so fast. If you move into this cul-de-sac, that's what you're asking for.
0: I think it's Orgy <laughs> Avenue. Ooh, I don't know how go. the game ends.
1: I'm only, <laughs> I'm only about two <laughs> or three hours in. It's a, it's a happy ending. It's a very happy <laughs> ending. Um, but, you know, I was like, okay. Oh. I'm down for this. Um, You know, trying to getting
0: beyond the obvious, you know... You not being a gay single dad, right?
1: Okay. Uh, as far as the actual game goes, it's not that. Uh, I mean, I don't know what other dating simulators are like, but it's reading a lot of text. It's mostly static, anime you know, cartoon drawing graphics. Um, reading a lot of text, answering some multiple choice or some you know dialogue <laughs> choices along the way. What are um, you playing this on? Uh, It's on Steam. It's steamy. PC. Which, typically, I play almost no games on PC.
3: This is the first. This is what you made an exception (laughs) for. He's, like, hiding down in the basement, playing his day dating simulator. I'll be up in 10 minutes.
0: Playing a little one-two-switch
3: cow milking.
0: (laughs) Your daughter was watching you play? She's watching me play. She's like, score with the Asian dude. Dad, go for it. (laughs) And it's not
1: a. It's, you know, it's not a
0: graphic game being a dating, you
1: know, it's very, it's very,
0: you know, PG rated. So the, the very, the question that this all boils down to. Mm -hmm. I'm leaving my wife. (laughs) (laughs) That's, that wasn't the question. (laughs) Okay. Are you the dream daddy or are you seeking a dream daddy? Um... I think I'm seeking the dream
1: daddy. Yeah. Because I my my avatar looks an awful lot like me. Oh, then you're not you're not the. Dream I'm daddy. not the dream daddy. Uh-uh.
3: So when you find the dream daddy, will you call him daddy?
1: Depending on how the date goes. <laughs>
3: yeah. Mm. Mm, man, you're the one with the big beard. I don't know about this.
0: So. <laughs> you've never seen him eat soup. Uh, so <laughs> I don't know what that even means. <laughs> You would you would know if you watched the meat soup, and it's got a great theme song. I gotta say, is it like their their lyrics? Yeah. Can you sing it for us?
3: Oh God, I want to hear this.
1: Uh, maybe I can find it. Hold on. Let me let me. I'm gonna go to the YouTube. Did you pay oh. for this game? No. 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 I oh, it's con- a free game. It's not free. I I contacted their PR rep and I was like, I would very much <laughs> I would very much like to play this game. Could you could you forward me a press copy? And they were like, absolutely.
3: And did you sign it, John Wall, Bottom Bear?
1: And, and they want a link to this podcast after it goes public, so uh, I'm trying to be... <laughs> and you'll never get a code again. <laughs> okay,
0: hold on. It's loading here. Oh, this is... this is. Let's see how this picks up. Well, I don't want to hear it. I want to hear you sing it. I can't do it justice. I'll hold it up to the microphone, then. Can you hear that okay, John? Yeah. <laughs>
4: right we might, um,
0: so we, might we might download that and slip that in at the end of the show I, I am
1: not good, good even, use of words there
0: I'm not even joking that I think this needs to
1: be part of our extra life live stream this year
0: I think we need to do some dream Daddy for extra life. I don't. I don't want you to say we should do some Dream Daddy. <laughs> I don't want you. I want you to rephrase that. Do you? God,
3: I've got to pull some audio from this episode so bad.
0: <laughs> so there you go, Dream, Dream Daddy.
1: It, I think it's fourteen ninety five. You know, for all the people that are rushing right up now to play. But it. if
3: you if you find true love, that's a good price.
1: That's you can't put a price on true love, but fourteen ninety nine ain't bad. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So stay tuned, folks, for our our discussion with Victor Lucas at the end of the show. <laughs> yes, we're, we're, we're gonna go to
1: we're gonna go to take a little break now. But um, yes, towards the end of the episode, we got to spend about an hour with Victor Lucas.
0: That was amazing, by the a, way.
1: Industry icon. We talked about uh, his beginnings in the industry, how he got Electronic Playground started.
0: It, you keep calling it Electronic Playground, which is. Not the name of the thing. What, what are you talking about? It's the Electric Playground. Oh, jeez. Do I call it the Electronic? You've done that multiple times. Son of Did a... Did you call it that while talking to him? He might have. I might have. But that's okay, because oh, I think at one point he called you Jeff. Did he? Yeah. yeah. Might no. as well. Listeners can stay tuned for that. <laughs> see yeah, if that's going to come up. See if you can find where Victor calls John Jeff. I think it's Jeff. Probably.
1: I think. Ass, I, was, I didn't want to
0: stop way. him, because I wasn't sure if he was talking about Jeff Keighley... Because that was during our conversation right. about that stuff. But right. he he seemed to call you Jeff. Hmm. Which we can do that. Well, we can call you Jeff. He's not allowed on our show anymore. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Might not be a problem.
0: <laughs> Alright, we're going to take a little break. We will be right back with more Mega Dads Live. Welcome back to Mega Dads Live. Guys, bananas are cool.
3: <laughs> are we talking like frozen bananas?
0: No, but like, just like regular grocery store bananas. I was shopping, I was grocery shopping this morning mm-hmm. with my family and Christy said, go get some bananas. Go get three bananas. She was very specific about how many bananas I should That's go and not get. not enough banana. It's it's enough, Elliot's the only one who eats the bananas. Oh, okay. I'm not talking about like the taste of bananas. Uh-huh. I'm just talking about how cool bananas are, how they grow. So I go over to like the banana. Basket bin thing, and I'm yeah. like, here's like a thing of eight bananas. Here's the thing of like four bananas. Bananas are cool the way they grow. If you really think about it, how they like splinter off and then they become bananas.
3: <laughs> Is this just me? <laughs> you know what? I was really hoping that I could get on this and get excited and like <laughs> jump in with some greatness, but no, you lost I me. I was man.
0: looking at these bananas and banana bunches. How uh-huh. they've got they've got like built-in handles. That's cool. that is cool. Not many foods come with built-in handles. Sure. And now at your already... house, mm-hmm.
3: do you have a banana hammock to put them in?
0: No. I mean, I've got uh, one for g- me. But uh, yeah, well,
3: I mean, that's what you're wearing right now. But, uh, that's it.
0: right. I should get one of those.
3: Yeah. But a hammock. I was
0: just sitting at Target looking at this this giant plethora of bananas and and just taking in the wonder of 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 the world and nature. I thought somebody else would say bananas are cool, Adam. Man,
1: you just had zero
0: small talk for this episode, did you? You had nothing <laughs> hey, to bring. To I've come with sweaty balls and bananas. What have you brought? <laughs> I Dream brought Daddy.
1: a gay dad dating simulator.
0: What the hell else do you want me to bring?
3: No, that that tops everything.
0: Yeah. Well, I thought that to follow up your gay dad simulator, I would talk about bananas. I thought there was. I like a little- how you. Hey, you talked
3: about bananas and balls. Like the combo of that.
0: Mm-hmm. Huh. Well, well. We, we thanks for contributing. We don't ha- read the damn show notes or anything. <laughs> <laughs> just talk about bananas and your nuts. I'm looking at these show notes. Nothing in here says anything about how cool bananas are. So
3: there's a reason for that. We
0: just have two different opinions about how this show should work. I guess. So before we jump into the headlines, we've got two orders of business. I want to cover okay number one
1: mega dad's trivia so every month on mega dad's live we do mega dad's trivia we give out cool prizes we try to if you answer a question um here's the deal for months we've talked about how we have difficulty getting people to take free stuff Take free stuff from us to interact with the trivia. Mm-hmm. Um, but this month was the last time. Well the, was the first time we got zero responses for <laughs> Mega <Dad's> trivia. Nobody, <laughs> nobody wanted
0: the uh, the last, guardian, the last t-shirt. guardian T-shirt. I wanted it. I thought it was a great T-shirt.
1: And many months I have to really coax, mm-hmm. you know, prompt people. Hey, please, please send responses. Please send responses. So here's the deal. We're still giving free cap crap away every month. Okay. We are removing... Going door to door? People don't like our podcast. So tying... Well, right. So tying the trivia to this show mm-hmm. is a handicap right away because people don't enjoy this. <laughs> so we're removing the segment from the podcast and what we're going to be doing is the first Tuesday of every month on, on Twitter, we're going to have a question of the month where you respond to that... Question, and you will automatically be entered into a random drawing for mm-hmm. the prize. And hopefully, that is going to spur more interest in it. Okay. Um, because apparently, people fall asleep after like
0: the first 20 minutes of this show and don't get to. I don't know how we spent the first 20 minutes talking about balls. It's amazing people don't get through more of the episode. All right. Well, the problem is, is but
3: the, the banana talk just throws them away. Well, should I should I
0: have led with the bananas? Is that what maybe doing? start banana? We start bananas, end with your with your scrotum, end with you start with the,
3: the <laughs> well. But 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 you have to start with the banana and then tease the balls.
0: Work your way
1: down
3: to so that they know the balls are coming.
1: Oh, okay. So
3: tease the balls.
1: Gotcha.
0: So got to handle the boys. That's that's what's going on with the trivia. Okay. Look for it the f- I mean if people don't want us to to buy them things, I, we don't have to do that. We don't have to. We enjoy buying people things. So, first Tuesday of every month, watch out for it on Twitter. You know what should be our our first prize for this? What? Bananas. <laughs> should should a put, subscription to the banana it, of the month club. <laughs>
3: What, what, what about the extra skin that gets removed from your surgery? Can you throw that in with the prize?
0: That's... What was your second order of that's, business, John? <laughs> <laughs> slightly
1: terrifying. I'm going to keep that. Second order of business is I thought we should talk a little bit about 2DCon. 2DCon!
3: Sorry. It's all good. I thought y'all heard that. Hit a button. It's okay. I heard nothing. You can push your button.
0: I realized I had that line turned off going to y'all. It's all good. TuttiCon. He, he does not want to hear about TuttiCon.
1: <laughs> he's like, nope, shut up, <laughs> shut up, shut up. TuttiCon <laughs> <laughs> 2017 happening August 11th through the 13th, in Bloomington, Minnesota. We're going to be there all three days.
0: Marky P is going to be there. Big at least Marky one day. P
1: is going to be there. Um, I believe he's going to be there Sunday, he said, mm-hmm. which is when we are going to be doing our live. Episode of Mega Dads Live Sunday that makes a lot of sense. Sunday the thirteenth at two thirty p.m. Central Time. We'll be streaming it. We'll be streaming it live, just like when we did GlitchCon. Yep. Um, it'll be about a
0: forty-five minute to one-hour show. Mm-hmm. Uh, so depending it, on how quickly they boo us off the stage, exactly throwing bananas at us. <laughs> uh, we should just have a bunch you, of bananas at our table.
3: Do you think with this one people will actually talk to you?
0: I hope not. Uh, Gosh, I'm going to be nervous if people are actually there. <laughs> because I,
3: if I remember correctly, with the last one, y'all mm-hmm. just harassed some poor guy who apparently was either under the age or over the age, you were guessing, from across the
0: room. There was... So when we did GlitchCon, we got we arrived at GlitchCon, and it mm-hmm. was like they were doing their their keynote speaker. Right, with Adam Saltzman. Where we were going to be. Right. And there was a shit ton of people there. Right. And we're like, oh, my God, this is terrifying. We're going to have so many people... Watching us as we do our show. And then we got on stage. And then we got on stage, and there was no one there. They all left. They all dispersed. <laughs> like there was a damn fire in the room. Um, except for that one 16 uh, year old mass.
1: He literally tweeted like yesterday, still giving us crap oh, about thinking
0: he was a 12 year old. Yeah. Um, but anywho, yeah, I don't know what this is going to be like.
1: Right. At least with that we were kind of in the main room, so there was like the VR stations and all the games along the peripheral so people, things that people wanted to people do. People were in the area. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure here we're gonna be in a ballroom. So if it's like one if it's just Mark Peterson, the the awkwardness is going to be accentuated. It's gonna be great. It's gonna be so good. Um, but if you live in the Twin Cities area you should really make an effort to go to 2DCon, because it's an awesome show. It is. Even though they invite us the last couple of years. Well, we bring it down a little bit, but it's um, still really cool. I have great buttons I'm going to give in away with us and our underpants.
3: <sighs> um, Back to the banana hand mix.
1: <laughs> stop by the table for that. So there you go. 2DCon. 2DCon. Coming up in two weeks.
0: Whew. Be there. You know what it's time for? I know what it's time for. Does Johnny know what it's time for?
3: Oh, yes the news headlines oh <laughs> wrong show
0: <laughs> we don't do news we don't do the news we do headlines i,
3: really? I actually i love that because that's actually how i get all my news that i read headlines and then just forego the article
0: itself now well, who needs to read who needs the actual facts exactly <laughs> <laughs> all right let's do this let's do it you wanna take the first one, Adam?
1: There's not a heck of a lot to talk about here. There's
0: really not. But we'll I'm surprised. Okay, we'll, we'll, kind of, we'll kind of talk about the N64 classic rumor in addition to your SNES classic fiasco. Yes. Because you and Johnny had the same um, thing happen to you. Uh, so, a recent trademark was filed in Europe? In Europe. Do they do video games in it's Europe? It's a place. Yeah? It's for real. It's it south? It's not Are something those? you've just read about in fairy tales. <laughs> Um, they they trademarked the N64 controller, right? Yeah. So that sparked a bunch of rumors that there will be an N64 classic Mm -hmm, next year mm -hmm. uh, to continue the trend of Nintendo making things that nobody is allowed to actually buy. Or they might pretend that you're allowed to buy it and then cancel it right away. And take it away from you? Yeah. Well, to be fair, Nintendo didn't actually F that up. No. Walmart did. And I should have known because it was like, oh my god, I'm
1: buying something from Walmart. (laughs) Oh, no, I'm not. Were you, John, John. were you wearing sweatpants? <laughs> that said, juicy on the that said butt. Juicy on my ass. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Johnny, right I think you had pre-ordered one too, right?
3: Yeah, I actually, I actually made Bobby Pauls really mad because we were playing Splatoon that very first night, and I set down my con- the game, like the handheld, in the middle of the beginning of the game and hopped on my phone and started pre-ordering it I want to say I got like 50 points and Bobby was just cursing my name the whole time
1: <laughs> uh, well that's how I heard I was on the on the discord chat too I think I was playing Splatoon with some of you guys and, and somebody had sent out that message like hey this is up um and I thought I had got lucky I got one yeah. reserved but uh, much like Dream Daddy just like Dream Daddy I thought I had scored only to be sorely disappointed <laughs> later Sore,
3: on sorely <laughs>
0: Our wordplay is on point today. Uh, I will tell you what. So when did they cancel yours? Right away, or uh...
3: no? I was in the the mass the mass exodus that happened when the you know they finally sent out the email saying hey this was an error blah right. blah blah we hate you blah blah blah. Why did it Trust take your them dreams?
0: so long to kill everybody's dreams? You know what I mean? Oh. Like some people it seemed like they got canceled right away. Then Walmart was tweeting that no this is legit. And
3: well, then- I wonder. I wonder if they were like, okay, we accidentally did too many. We think we can do these other ones. And then some jerk offs out this. You know what? We canceled some people. Let's just kill everyone off. Right. And just away we went. And it know. was
0: so weird the way they did it. And I'm wondering like, okay,
3: you've made everybody
1: mad. Walmart. Can't you compensate my grief? Like you could send me like a Dale Earnhardt cap or <laughs> some frozen mozzarella sticks Or something else from your store? I mean... You'd think they would try to
0: make it up to us somehow.
3: No they don't care they have they have millions of customers all over they don't care about you yeah, the not same. the not the little guy
0: and you know what as soon as the actual pre-orders go up people are gonna go right back
1: Apparently, they underestimate uh, the reach our podcast has uh, and the influence we have right are we are we boycotting
0: Walmart now like well I've been boycotting. doing it for about 30 years so I might as well continue. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. But N64
1: classic. Mhm. You think that's a thing?
0: I mean I I wouldn't be surprised I guess at this point. Um I don't know how far they carry that. Like I I don't know that I see them doing like a GameCube one. Right. But um yeah, I could see them doing N64.
1: Johnny, were you a N64 gamer?
3: Uh, you know, the N64 was when I switched over to PlayStation. Mm-hmm. So so I got the the, the PlayStation um since then, I've gone back. I actually own one of each of the Nintendo consoles from the NES to now. Mm-hmm. All lined up, plugged in, everything. Uh, and so I, I hope there's going to be an N64 one. Only if I get the Super Nintendo one.
0: Right, right. Did you uh, get an NES? Um,
3: I had the NES one, yeah. You do? Okay. So that's that's up on display right now. Um, I'm hoping I'll get this, the Super Nintendo one. And then after that, I mean, I, yeah, the N64 one. But it, it, once you get to the N64 era... Uh, it, there's so many more complications with the games and the size and the controllers and it's uh, it just seems like it'd be a huge headache
0: right yeah I mean plus I love the Nintendo 64 and there are a lot of great games that system doesn't age well you you play a Super Nintendo game like those still hold up really That visually not, I mean right. just visually that era
1: specifically, like PS1 and N64 right. games, are really tough to go back to.
0: I'm actually, I forgot yeah. to mention this in what I've been playing. Uh, I bought the Final Fantasy VII mm-hmm. for PS4, and I'm playing through it with my wife, which is interesting. I bet. And I bet she's, she's getting
1: a lot of sleep catching up on, catching she, up oh, on your sleep. Oh, she fell
0: asleep within the first five minutes. <laughs> And then I was like, I made a loud noise, and then she woke back up. Um, but her first remark was, "These look like Lego characters." <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, you kind of have to look past the fact that this game looks like a crap, um, but it's a good game." Yeah.
3: Now, but th- th- now this isn't the remake, right? That's coming out one day. Right.
0: No, this is just like a straight up port. They did. They did a few tweaks. Like <laughs> it plays faster. Right. You. They, they have like some. I don't. I don't know. I don't want to call them cheat. But, like, if you click in both the thumbsticks, it, it activates no encounter mode. No random So you can encounter play stuff. without fighting. Ex- kind of hard to, the... to level up, then. Right, exactly. Uh-huh. And then uh, when you get to a boss, I would imagine you'd have to actually do the fight. But then you can, like, click a button and do unlimited limit breaks. So it's oh. like you could play this in basically god mode. Game genie mode. Right.
3: Oh, see, um, that's how I'd want to do it right there.
0: And part of me wants to, especially with my wife watching, because she's couldn't care less about like the materia system and stuff like that um but another part of me is like i played this game once when i was 17 i would love to just like go through this game again because it's probably going to be the last time i do right and then i die since you're so close to death (laughs) (laughs) but um anyway but yeah n64 games look rough let's let's be real here Mm. especially like the not nintendo first party games Right. Yeah. Those textures, those muddy textures. So
1: Anywho, moving on, Mr. Casino.
0: Do you yeah, play man. The,
1: do you play the Pokemon Go game? Uh,
3: when it first came out, I, I was excited, and I, I what I really wanted was that for that game to be like a ten dollar game, and then have no transactions afterwards.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, but I got it, and I started taking my dogs for extra walks in the park because there's a park that had a few Pokestops and stuff around. Uh, And then I got to the point where I had to go so far out of my way, out of my normal schedule to get anywhere worth doing the stuff, that I would delete it. And then every once in a while, I'll load it back on my phone if my son wants to go out and do it. Uh, But for the most part, I dropped it about two weeks in. Yeah.
1: Well, Niantic recently held... They they dropped it for everyone. (laughs) (laughs) They held their Pokemon Go Fest in Chicago um, at Grant Park. Uh, where they had about 20,000 players converge for to celebrate the game. Uh, they were just going to be rare and legendary Pokemon for the first time.
0: Why are you talking like that? So
3: are, they, are they so rare that no one could even find them then?
0: It's it's really hard to catch them when the, the when, app crashes. When you, when you can't get the app to, to <laughs> work at all. They just call them all rare at that point, because if the game doesn't even load... <laughs> That's super I can't hard to
1: get. <laughs> find
3: a ratatat.
1: <laughs> so yeah, it went down the shitter quick. Uh, it became very quickly apparent that the system was completely overloaded. People could not log into the game. People couldn't play. Um, the CEO came out at one point to give his little rousing speech. Welcome to the festival. They murdered him, didn't they? Well, he was booed quite loudly. Yeah. Uh, and pretty much driven off stage. Mm-hmm. Um, Andrew Reiner pokeballs at him? That would have been amazing that to see. That would say. have been amazing. Andrew Reiner has a great... Uh, he was there with his family and he's got a great uh, piece and a video up on Game Informer about his experience there. Uh, but it sounds pretty horrible.
0: Yeah. Um, I would have been pissed if I, like, I mean obviously I wouldn't travel halfway across the country to play Pokemon Go Chicago's not halfway it's like well no but lots Lots of people traveled halfway across the country to play Pokemon Go he was
1: telling the story of uh, this family of five that came from Los Angeles the whole family and thousands of dollars that they had spent and for like nothing yeah
3: well, and there was people that scalped their tickets and sold their tickets for $500 a piece. I think they were like $20 initially. Yeah. Sold them for like $500 a piece. Now, those people made out like bandits, <laughs> right? But the people who bought them for $500 and then the fiasco that happened, Jesus. Yeah,
1: yeah so I mean, I guess they offered, uh, number one, a refund for people that bought the, re- the wristbands plus $100 in in-game currency, which is
0: not much consolation. Um, but hey, apparently, you want, you want some in-game currency for this game that doesn't work.
1: <laughs> and I just read yesterday that uh, some people have actually filed a lawsuit now against them for this. You, yeah, of course. Can they
3: win something like that.
0: Uh, they I don't can't, know, right? I don't know. I mean, I guess I would love to go to that trial. I'll I, tell you that I, I would mean, love it, to sit in on that. Is it any <laughs> different? Would you fly in,
3: cross-country for it?
0: Yeah, I would.
1: <laughs> in a way, I don't blame them though. I mean, what if you bought concert tickets to a show on the other side of the country? And you bought hotel and airfare, and you flew to this concert, and you got there, and they're like, "Nope, canceled."
0: Right? Yeah, but I, that happens. Or the or the band showed up, they just didn't play. Yeah,
3: I mean, <laughs> I guess that does happen, but I don't know. It's it's anytime you anytime you're going to something, and you're going across country to go to the thing, you have to acknowledge the fact that something could stop that from happening, and. Right are you willing to risk that for your flight? So if if you went to Chicago just for this and did not plan like the rest of your vacation also, right. Right. Then that's, I mean, that's kind of on you at least somewhat.
1: The, The thing I think that gives the lawsuit maybe some merit is that this was not stopped by a force of nature, a giant thunderstorm ripping through grant park. This was purely Niantic's incompetence in having this, Stress tested and right. ready to go. They should have had a, uh, what do they call those? Test fires. <laughs> right. Test punch. Right. I mean, this is completely on them for this not working. Uh, it is, but at the same time. It's not time, like Dave
0: Grohl fell off stage and, sorry, I can't do the concert. It is, but at the same time, kind of like what Johnny's saying, like, really all they're liable for is the costs of their event, right? Right.
1: Which they refunded them for. Right.
0: Right. It's not like they told people to. You know, I don't I don't necessarily think and, I
1: don't necessarily think that you know this lawsuit will, right. know, will go anywhere. But uh, I think Nerd those rate. people have every reason to be completely oh, yeah,
0: curious. I'd, I'd be totally pissed, but I don't know that I would sue. Yeah. Alright, you better do this last story because you always pick like the boring stories to go last. What, like NPD numbers? Yeah. Like So the N P D numbers figures. are here. <laughs> Let's talk some numbers.
1: Uh, I wrote down uh, for May 2017, but I don't think that's correct. I think it's supposed to be June uh, 2017. Uh-huh. But anywho, I just thought it was kind of interesting, some of the numbers on here. Uh, first of all, that Tekken 7 was the number one game? Really? Yeah. Okay. I didn't... I Maybe I'm ignorant. I didn't think Tekken 7, or Tekken, was still a big deal. Uh, But I guess I've underestimated the fighting game community?
3: I guess so. this this is all physical sales, correct? This
1: is physical, yeah.
3: Okay, Uh, and I I always wonder how that plays in, because so many gamers are going um, all digital these days.
1: Yeah, more and more it's kind of harder to read these as, you know... Actual sales figures? Right, accurate of the total number. Mm -hmm. Um, But another couple of interesting things was uh, ARMS. Debuted at number five, which I think is pretty good for a brand new IP on a yeah. system that, you know, there's not a ton of switches out there yet. Right. So that's fairly impressive.
3: And um, the game is awesome. Sorry, Adam.
0: <laughs> I wasn't going to dive back into that because I, I, I think I've I, broken a lot of hearts with my opinion on arms and rabbits.
3: <laughs> I, I understand why people might not like it, mm-hmm. but I've, between me and my son, we've probably put 25 hours in that game easy. But I've, I, I've I play with him a lot.
0: Yeah. I don't know like i i like the aesthetic i like the style i just the actual gameplay just did nothing for me yeah i appreciate i appreciate that they did that because honestly like i want nintendo to continue to make these unexpected games like i want i want to encourage nintendo to create more ip because splatoon is like the greatest thing that they've created in a long time. So I I appreciate that they did it. It just did nothing for me personally, and that's fine. That's totally fine. Uh,
1: And one other one that I thought was kind of interesting was the Crash Bandicoot Remastered Trilogy Mm -hmm. uh, was number four on the list, uh, even though it was only on sale for two days at the end of that month. So apparently there's a hell of a lot of Crash Bandicoot
0: fans out there. That's almost more surprising to me than the Tekken thing
3: yeah um well, but you got to think about how many people look back at that game and with excitement and i mean dave uh the the day that that came out, Dave was just so excited and he was, that whole week he was bouncing around waiting for it to show up now since then he has um shown remorse for <laughs> for for looking forward to that game for some issues that he believes it has, and I, i'm I'm sure he's right um but but yeah, there's so many people probably pre-ordered that game just because they remember, oh, how great this game is, and now it's going to be on the PS4, and this is amazing. And
0: I find it really interesting how the PlayStation community and the PlayStation, I don't know, for lack of a better word, narrative, over the last couple of years has been so much about nostalgia and bringing back franchises like God of War. Uh, they re-released Parappa. Parappa. They had the Final Fantasy VII remake um, announcement, mm-hmm. Shenmue Three, Crash Bandicoot. It's very which, much which, the Nintendo vein.
1: Which is hilarious, because in PlayStation's own words, who gives Ooh, a crap about right. these old games? That's <laughs> why I
0: say it's, it's so weird, because they won't allow you backwards compatibility, or to even buy these games. But it seems like so much of their push lately has been, like... Remember remember what made PS1 so great. Right. Um I'm getting Mega Man Legacy Collection in a, like a week or two. It's, yeah. it's there's this weird nostalgia trip of like like Johnny said, you know, people who had the PS1 who mm-hmm. remember that very fondly. Um I'm one of them. Like I loved my PS1. Yeah. I would love to play all of those games that I still have on my shelf in my PS4 if they'd freaking let me. Um
3: You know if you just kept your PS1 or had a PS2,
0: and I have my PS3, which is first generation, so that's like the. Oh, yeah. That's like plays everything. Uh, I don't have it hooked up right now, just because most of my time is spent upstairs with the family, and there's only so many things I can plug into that TV. But I still do have that option, which is why I've held on to all those games all these times, all these years. Uh, I, I, I don't know. Like, that's such a miss. Like, Xbox does that so well. Mm hmm. I don't know, that just completely deviated from NPD numbers. I don't know how we got there. but That's um,
3: alright. It's more interesting than NPD numbers, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Take right, that.
1: that's going to do it for the headlines. <laughs> Unless anyone else has got any other news topics they want to talk about, or anything. anything Um, to add? What'd you say? I said anything to add.
0: No, I don't have anything to add. No? I don't like math. <laughs> Unless you guys want to talk about bananas some more. <laughs> I'm pretty much tapped out. Bananas in your genitals. That's as far as it goes, huh? That's my range. Hmm. That's what taps them out.
1: Okay. Well, we'll take another break. We're going to come back. We're going to do the last word. We're going to have our interview with Victor Lucas.
0: And we'll wrap this puppy up. Wait a minute. What? Um, what was that noise? That's That sound? Yeah. Just now? Yeah, that sound. I didn't hear anything. It's not on your notes, is it? No. <laughs> that sound that's supposed to happen. Oh. Is not on your notes. Oh, that for real sound though that I just heard. Johnny heard it. In my ears. I did hear it. Okay. What is that? That that's that's the doorbell. It's Brilliant. time for the producer poppin'.
1: Oh my gosh, I had no idea this was happening.
0: <laughs> so this month's producer poppin'. We have so many people popping into this show. We got Johnny, we got Victor, and now we have the Nintendo guru himself, Bobby Pauls. Son of a biscuit. So he's gonna he's gonna talk to us about why the um the switch is the greatest thing ever created I guess oh um you let him talk on this well you know we have <laughs> only so many producers uh, we gotta let them all have a turn so uh, if somebody
1: wants to become a producer right. to get this opportunity to do a pop in on our episode
0: because as Bobby Pauls shows we clearly let all of them talk. How does
1: somebody go about doing that?
0: You go to patreon.com slash megadads. Wow. And for as little as a dollar a month, you get all the free crap. Amazing. Original artwork, original music, and um, entry into some of our cool contests. Like we just did the E3 swag contest last month. Yep. That Marky P got. We might be doing that again for 2DCon. Possibly. Um, So just head on over to patreon.com slash megadads. Check it out if it's something you want to do to support the show. All the proceeds go towards making the show better to buying presents that gifts that people don't want in our trivia contest um and you can be a part of the team. <laughs> so let's throw it over to Bobby and this month's producer Poppin.
2: So what is up, everybody? Bobby here, Nintendo Guru, and um apparently somehow I got myself roped into doing this. I don't really want to do it. I stalled as long as possible. And then Adam finally told me, like, dude, you need to give me this tomorrow by noon, or I'm gonna come hunt you down and hurt you. So here I am, and uh, <laughs> and I just wanted to talk about the resurgence of Nintendo. You know, if it's a Nintendo guru, it has to, I have to talk about Nintendo. Besides that, like, I know that drives Adam crazy when good things are said about Nintendo. Um, for all of their flaws, and there are a lot of them. They do make a lot of mistakes. Um, Just to see where they were with the Wii U and where they are now, to me, is just tremendous. And I am more than happy to see the transformation, where they've gone, how they've gotten to where they are now. And for me, it's like, I look at this and there was times during the Wii U I thought, man, Nintendo will never for some reason, ever get back, ever be able to get back to where they were, with, and, and I don't want to say the Wii era, because the Wii era was just a juggernaut, and that's, that's like a, almost a once in a lifetime thing, like, people don't see that happen too often, um, like, it's, it's a flash in the pan to some extent, But to see them to be able to go, like, hey, we're going to create this console that's going to be able to play at home and play on the go. And, by the way, um, we're going to basically just change the way gaming is. Like, that's the thing. Like, you watch Nintendo do these things and you think to yourself, at first, like, that'll never happen. I remember when the Wii U came out. And I remember watching a YouTube video that my my brother sent me. And he was like, dude, check this out. What do you think about this? And this is well before, this is actually the first time I ever heard anybody talk about the hybrid solution. And this was probably year two of the Wii U. And I saw it and I was like, you are insane. I don't want that. Like, that is not what I want at all. And then here we are, like, I think it was like four or five years later. And I'm like totally wrapped up with this thing and totally in love with this thing and think like i don't ever want to play another console another way like i i i like the experiences i get with my playstation 4 i'm i'm intent on buying an xbox one finally and going into the xbox market but at the in the back of my mind i think to myself like will i even play it um because i have so much love for nintendo and so much love for this particular console and the ability to play at home to play at work to play when i go wherever i go on vacation i don't i don't lose my place you know i'm able to keep going and keep playing like it has been such a revelation to me and a revolution to gaming to pop in and play whenever we want not so much you know having to say like you have to play this time when you're home From this hour to this hour. Like you can just keep going. And and I'm just happy to see Nintendo back in the good graces of many. Like, again, they do make mistakes. This console is not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. But I like the fact that, like, I like where they're going. I like where it's heading. And I like the fact that like I believe we'll get future iterations of this and They'll be able to fix the issues that we see now and that we talk about now. So hopefully it can evolve into the perfect situation. Like, I remember when the DS came out and a lot of people thought it was like a kiddie toy and nobody wants it. And then here we are now looking at the 2DS XL and what the 3DS just came off of. And it's like, you see where that is and nobody would have imagined that's where it would have been back then when they first started. So it's good to see that's where they are. I'm happy with that. And, you know, I think the sky's the limit right now. Um, Nintendo is their wor- own worst enemy at this point. They're the only ones I feel like they can damage this. Um, when bad things come out about them, it's like it doesn't even affect them. They're like Teflon right now. So, hopefully they can fix the issues they have for when the Teflon wears off. Because at some point they're not going to be as beloved as they are right now and what happens at that point so we'll see i mean it'll all tell so i don't know adam john thank you guys for for letting me do this this was pretty cool and uh hopefully i didn't bore you guys so that is all back to you guys
1: Welcome back, everybody, to Mega Dads Live. We're going to get to our interview with the one and only Victor Lucas momentarily, but first, it's time for The Last Word. The Last Word? The Last Word, as chosen by our fantastic Mega Dads producers, and if you would like to become a producer, visit patreon.com slash megadads, where you can support us for as little as one dollar per month, and you get a load of... Of fantastic perks, including uh, our recently started Dad Diary videos that we put up every single Monday exclusively for our patrons.
0: Can we call them? Can we call them Dream Dad Diaries? Dream
1: Dad Diaries. <laughs> I
0: think we can. It's not live from the cul-de-sac. <laughs> it's not copyright <laughs> infringement. You know what the weird thing is? I live on a cul-de-sac. You do. You are technically a dream daddy. Cool. You didn't
1: I even think. know it. So our producers this month chose the last word, as they always do, and they picked Classics. Classics? We spoke briefly about the N64 Classic rumor and the SNES Classic, but uh, we were wondering what other consoles from days of yore would you like to see get that same treatment? A re-release with a bunch of packed-in games...
0: Your upward inflection is like out of control (laughs) today. Would you like to see what I'm talking about? At
2: what they
1: said? All right. Why don't you take the first few, and then we'll get to. Actually, you know what? What? Let's ask our guest first. Let's start with our guest.
0: Oh, we're gonna put him on the spot.
2: We're gonna put
1: him on the spot. Does that
0: make him Johnny on the spot? I've been,
3: I've been prepared.
0: Oh. See,
1: he... That's more I, than me. <laughs> I sent him the show notes, and he actually read the damn thing. I still don't have an answer to this question.
3: <laughs> so, okay. So, when, when y'all put this up, though, y'all kind of gave four, like, four examples or options or whatever, right? You had, like, the original Xbox, the original PlayStation, the N64, or the Game Boy. That oh, was right? just a
1: graphic I stole from Google Images, but... <laughs> okay.
3: Well, so I, well, I looked at those, and each... Everything has a problem. Like, after you get past the Super Nintendo, you have an issue. Whether it be size... Uh, whether it be availability not an issue of actually, for me. Size. Getting...
0: <laughs> size is not a problem when it comes to your to balls dream to my banana.
3: <laughs> so, so like, um, you know the the size of the games, the number of controllers, you know, get, getting the licensing for these games and stuff like that. Uh, so I looked at it, I was like look at the PlayStation, and I think we kind of mentioned this earlier. Like games on the PlayStation, trying to go back to them now is rough like mm-hmm. real rough and it's not just the graphics like i tried playing tomb raider 3 not too long ago and oh. god holy crap no <laughs> so bad uh the controls uh, i did play metal gear solid the original and the controls weren't too bad but it still looked kind of funky mm-hmm. but there's like only those few examples that work um the original xbox has the biggest problem of who cares Right. it's the original xbox <laughs> yeah
0: that was like the big three thing at e3 where i'm like i'm glad they're doing this but i don't know of a single xbox one or xbox original game that i'd want to play
1: i own an original xbox i had one uh-huh. i kept every one of my games that i purchased that's still like seven games on the shelf right yeah. now yeah yeah
3: uh the, the Game Boy, the, like, doing like a Game Boy would be cool, but you'd have to make it portable, which means it'd have to have a screen, which means it would up the cost of it so much, and battery life and all that stuff. And it's kind of, uh, no, that doesn't work for me either. So if I was looking at one, it would have to be the N64, which kind of makes sense because that's the progression it's going in. But you still have the issue of a lot of the games are janky. A lot of them are hard to play if they're not first person Nintendo our first party Nintendo games you need to have four controllers and the controllers are going to need to be decent size that's so that's a good point I didn't
0: even think about that yeah you'd have to have four controllers
3: to to do it right you would yeah Bec- because like I was looking through a list of games and I'm not going to lie I think I stole most of these off of someone else's list right but you got like wave race 64 um, Mario 64, both of the the Zelda games need to be on there. Mario Kart, but once you get to Mario Kart 64, you gotta have the four controllers. Yep. Right. Uh, Super Smash Brothers, the original, you gotta have the four controllers. Uh, Star Fox 64, mm-hmm. you gotta have the four controllers. Right. Uh, Super Smash Brothers. Sorry, I said that one. Paper Mario. But then like NFL Blitz would be great. Um, and then you definitely would have to have Mario Golf. Mario Tennis and one of the Mario Parties. Yeah. So I'm sure I left plenty off. Beetle Adventure
0: that. Racing. <laughs> did you have Did you have Pilot Wings in there?
3: Oh no, I meant to.
0: Yeah, Pilot Wings was the yeah. shit. But, I love but that but see, game.
3: Like the other thing that taints me in this question is that I have every Nintendo system like lined up, right? And so my goal is to have every miniature Nintendo system lined up right above it.
0: Oh, that'd and, be sweet. Yeah. Yeah.
3: So th- so this is my goal, but also because I have all the systems i can go pick up all these games and i have a ps2 that plays my ps1 and ps2 games and i have a ps3 and a ps4 um so like almost anything's out there and i was also thinking like a ps1 game those are usually pretty cheap and n64 game those can still be pricey depending on what the game is mm-hmm. so i'd have to go that route man nice
1: it's a, it's a solid pick I think a lot of people chose that
0: too. Should we go down the list of what some of the people responded with? Like Mr. Grouchy Surge. Grouchy Surge. I don't. I don't think we talked about this. It's not grouchy. It's grouchy. Grouchy. You gotta hold on to those R's. Sorry. Uh, he wants Game Boy Advance Classic. He says I didn't get into handhelds until the Nintendo DS, and as such, never played many GBA games. Uh, we had one of those growing up, didn't we? GBA. Yeah. 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 The SP. The GBA SP. Had some, had some solid titles. Lots of letters in that. Yeah, uh, Luke Lore, good friend of the show. He says Game Boy. Everything else has wide has wisely already seen updates for legal methods for purchasing old games. What does he mean?
1: I think he means like through like eShop and re-releases oh. and stuff like that. A lot of the, a lot of older stuff is available, but old Game Boy games, you hmm. know, are kind of tougher to get a hold of.
0: Gil Noriega also agrees with Game Boy. Uh, but he says, I'd rather just see all Nintendo made available in the shop or whatever for the Switch. Which I think is kind of the wide opinion, right? Right. We would all rather just have this readily available to Fully buy. Fully fleshed out virtual console. They could have so much of our money if they would just open that up. Yeah. Uh, he also says Dreamcast would be awesome. Yeah. Uh,
1: ben Riley uh, agrees. He says Dreamcast along with Shenmue mm-hmm. on there. Scott Posey says, I think the Dreamcast is all around the right answer here. Uh, That would keep me busy for months. Uh, The Super Nintendo, if it wasn't already announced, would have been my go-to. John Sim says, Anything not Nintendo, because they'd be smart enough to produce more than 27 units.
0: Oh, sick burn, John Sim.
1: Shots fired. (laughs) Shots fired at Nintendo's... Wow. Wow.
0: Uh, do do okay. Show show of hands. Yeah. Since we're an audio podcast and yep. nobody can see our hands. Yep. Um. Uh. Do we think that this is going to be any better than the NES Classic, the SNES? Like as
1: far as availability.
0: Yeah. Raise uh... raise your hand if you think it's going to be better. I I'm think a, it will be. I think it will I be at least somewhat. Pessimist. Yeah.
3: Like I I I don't scared. think it'll be what it needs to be, but right. I think it'll be better.
0: I'm yeah. just I'm just scared. I've been I've been <laughs> hurt before. Uh, hey,
3: your pre-order wasn't canceled.
0: Don't
1: be afraid to put yourself out there again, Adam. It's the only way to find true love again. That's what I learned while playing a video game
0: last night. Jared Mills. Uh, he says, I think the 64 is the next one that I want. But I was not a Nintendo kid, and I grew up with one. He says, but I was a Nintendo kid. Oh, whoops. Where did Jesus, I say the word not? read the letters. Can you read? My old eyes are not good. <laughs> Um, he says, I was a Nintendo kid, and I grew up with one, so I can easily think of a dozen games that I'd want to have from it, where the other ones I would struggle because I didn't have as many games. PS1 would be my second choice, as that had a lot of games that I enjoyed. What we should have, though, is a 90s and early 2000s mascot platformer console. What? <laughs> I mean, Mario- that's
3: a great idea and all, but yeah. never going to happen. It's
0: like, it's like um, what was that Disney movie that they had to... Wrangle all the different properties. Wreck-It hey, Ralph? Wreck-It Ralph-It, yeah. <laughs> um, get Mario, Spyro, Crash, and all the other awesome games like that. I'd probably pay for that. That that would be really cool. Just a giant platformer edition thing. In your dreams, Jared. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Wow. Sorry,
1: sorry, Jared. Sorry, Jared. I didn't mean to snap at you.
0: You continue now.
1: Uh, Jacob Rush is totally the N64, but it has to have the rare games on it. Those were a huge reason the 64 was amazing. How hard do you think it would be for them?
0: Could they even get GoldenEye? Couldn't you just get a Perfect Dark Xbox with the Rare Replay? Rare Replay
1: has all those things, but would that be a big chunk missing from an N64 classic without Diddy Kong racing, without GoldenEye? Yes.
3: It it Um. would be, but do not, please listen, do not go back and play GoldenEye now. (laughs) Like, I have it. It's fun, but it will ruin your childhood. Really? Oh, it will wreck your childhood hard.
0: Aww. The, uh, the uh, retro goggles aren't enough to kind of look past the jankiness of it.
3: I, I had fun, kinda. I'm glad I own it.
0: Right. You know, it's one of those things where it's like, I was playing the Final Fantasy VII on PS4 and I was thinking about the remake. Mm-hmm. And even if they rebuilt that game and reskinned it, it, yeah. it's not gonna be the same. So like you think about GoldenEye, if they did like an HD GoldenEye, would right. it still be the same feeling? Because Johnny's right. So much of it is fondness, you know, your memories. Right. And it's never going to live up to that. Um, that's a big problem with, like, the Nintendo 64 is it is rough to go back and play that. Yeah. Whereas, you know, I can stick Chrono Trigger in the Super Nintendo and it's going to be the same experience. There is nothing deteriorating over time with that game. Hmm. Josh Stapleton. He says PS2 Classic. That's an interesting choice. Yeah. He's got a lot of good titles on here, though. Tony Hawk 3, Twisted Metal 3, Kingdom Hearts, Resident Evil 4, Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers. That game was awesome. I remember playing that a that lot. That was good. Uh, Shadow of the Colossus, SSX. He's got a ton of games on here. Yeah.
3: Yeah, but how much would that end up costing? Yeah. And, and, and like how big would it have to be? Because those games are... I mean, you're getting to the era where the game size were not
0: nearly as small. Mm-hmm. Right
1: that's getting a little trickier
0: that's that's where uh sony just needs to open their their store up a little bit more and get like a real classics section in there it's it's they've got like they've piecemealed it they've dropped a few things like i was talking about last month i bought ape escape right and it's like i love that stuff i wish they would just make that more available gates yeah what's our last one Finally, David
1: Snyder, a man after my own heart, says I'd like to see a Turbo Graphics classic. Wow! I never had the chance to own one as a kid, and now the market is insane. Turbo Graphics. So I guess I'll go first because Turbo Graphics is kind of one of them that I would like to see. Uh, I had one as a kid. I did not have a ton of games, um, but I would love to be able to easily get a hold of Splatterhouse and. JJ and Jeff, and Keith Courage in Alpha Zones. Um, I don't know how those would
0: hold up. That market's small for a TurboGrafx. Regardless. Yeah,
1: I think that's a real long shot, because even when that thing first came out, mm-hmm. it was a very kind of niche you know, console. Mm-hmm. Um, but the one I would choose over anything else would be the Dreamcast. Um, I think... when, As far as, like... The size of the game's library, mm-hmm. I think that console probably has the highest number of classic, amazing games uh, for a console that was only really out like a year and a half or two <laughs> years. Uh, I wrote down, you know, Shenmue, Sonic Adventure, Power Stone, Jet Set Radio, Soul Calibur, Skies of Arcadia, Crazy Taxi. Semen, Space Channel Five. Whoa, whoa,
0: whoa, whoa! What did what did you get on your notes?
1: <laughs> this I got semen
0: on my notes here. Okay, uh,
1: <laughs> and Virtua Tennis. Uh, there were just so many great games. You could very, very easily pick out uh, twenty twenty five classic games for the Dreamcast.
0: Dreamcast is also my answer.
3: Yeah, but oh, did, okay, y'all should have warned me.
0: I was going to be stuck on here with a bunch of Sega kids. <laughs> Well, no. Here's the thing, though. That is, I mean, you ended up buying like a Saturn. Post po- po- Dreamcast right. was my first Event. Sega system, um, and th- and I'm not a huge.
3: You've Sega- never owned a Sega. I've system. never owned a Sega
0: system. Yeah. I, I mean, you had a Dreamcast. Yeah, I think that was right around the time that I moved out. Maybe, possibly. Um,
3: B- was it because of the Dreamcast? I was like, like, <laughs> like that's this. why you left the house.
0: <laughs> um, I I have. A lot of fond memories of Crazy Taxi. hmm. Uh, Virtua Tennis, we played all the time. Yep. Um, Fantasy Star Online. I, I, I remember yep. having a lot of fond memories with that game. I also remember last year me challenging you... Yes. ...to go and play Sonic Adventure again. Yep, which I did. Because you talked about how cool it was. Yep. And then the next episode you came on and said, I was wrong. crap, you were so wrong.
4: <laughs> it, so, was, it was the
1: GoldenEye case. It was right. like, uh, you know what let's see i would have been about 20 or so years old when that Mm -hmm. came
0: out originally uh or 20 22 i would have been uh yeah it doesn't hold up and that's the problem right there it's exactly what we've been talking about is once you get past the super nintendo there are problems Uh, we we all have fond memories of these games Mm -hmm. because they were pushing the envelope right but that envelope is way in the rearview mirror now yeah um so it'd be interesting to see what of these selections would actually hold up. I would I would pick Dreamcast. I think there would be a, a big market for it mm-hmm. because I think there's a lot of fond memories and a lot of people, there's a lot of buzz around Dreamcast still. Like that's right. that's like a very iconic system, um, even though it was the end of Sega as a home console producer. But um, that's, yeah, that's my answer as well. I would love to see a Dreamcast. Check it out. You're smarter than I thought. Yeah. I just took your answer because I didn't have one. <laughs> I didn't prepare.
1: Oh my gosh! Well, okay, that brings us to. Uh, we're gonna take a break of sorts here, a, a, a slight break, a slight break, and we're gonna jump into our interview with Mr. Victor Lucas of the Electric Playground and EP Daily, and uh, we got to know him very, primarily very from- personally. From the G4 days, that's when we were introduced uh, to
0: Victor through Judgment Day, Judgment Day, and EP Daily, and reviews um, on the run. But he's
1: been an industry icon for 20 years, um, and we met him at E3. Mm -hmm. Uh, He was very nice to chat with us for a while. He gave me a piggyback ride. (laughs) Said he would be interested in being being on the show. So um, about two weeks ago, and we said why. he thought I I was Gabe Newell he was very confused (laughs) Um, so we chatted with him for about an hour hope you enjoy the talk Uh, here is Victor Lucas and then we'll be right back uh, to wrap up the show
0: Thank you so much for doing this. Um, first off, you just said your Vic's basement set, so I'm already beginning to think that's not your actual basement. Is this is. is this whole a lie. This whole thing a lie.
5: <laughs> uh, I'm from the television, man. So uh, yeah, we have sets. Yeah, okay. that's the way that we've always worked. Are we are we going now? Is that what's happening? We'll just go right into it. Okay, um, go for it. So
0: we are joined here on MegaDads Live by industry icon, media king of video game journalism, Victor Lucas. Victor Lucas, I'm sure all of our listeners know who you are already, but why don't you just tell the folks a little bit about yourself, uh, both as a professional in the industry, and who's Victor Lucas the dad, and how the hell did we get you on Mega Dads Live? (laughs) (laughs)
5: Well, I was lucky enough to meet you guys at uh, E3 earlier this year, and that was super cool. You guys were very, very nice. Um, And you got my name right. Thank you very much. And uh, uh, I've been uh, covering video games for a long time, and I I, I really, um, I lucked out by having a, a pretty cool idea that just made a lot of sense to me at the right time, and I talked to the right people, and uh, it wasn't easy, but I uh, was able to get on television, and then we we had 25 seasons of Electric Playground that aired on television, and, and another 14 seasons of our other show called Reviews on the Run that aired on television. Um, both of those shows became daily shows, so we came became kind of like a, a persistent deal in a lot of people's lives, and a lot of people's living rooms, which was uh, you know, completely mind-blowing to me. Um, and uh, I've just spent half my life now uh, covering the video game scene and uh, I I had a passion obviously from the beginning and I continue to have that passion and uh, now I just I make television for the internet is kind of how I'm looking at it just Mm -hmm. mostly because uh, I got tired of of uh, waiting for deals to happen in the TV world so I just started making content again like I've, I've been doing forever
0: sure uh we're not really as our listeners know we're not so much of a guest kind of a podcast sean and i do this monthly and it's kind of just like a bullshit session where the two of us can talk games geek culture parenting all that kind of stuff um we have we have because nobody wants to talk to us well that's true (laughs) Uh, you guys are the first person to say yes well we're doing we're Um, (laughs) We've had a few guests, but I feel like you are kind of different because both John and myself were brothers, in case you weren't aware. Um, Oh, okay. We had you on our TV a lot, uh, from G4 through to EP Daily. Um, I feel like I kind of have to probe you a little bit and kind of get the backstory about how that all started. EP, I was doing a little bit of homework. Uh, 1995, is that the inception?
5: Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's when we—that's uh, when we got on the internet. The okay. idea was that the year before, um, and it was—it came out of just uh, wanting to figure out what the hell I was going to do with my life. I was an actor and a waiter, which is the cliche, uh, but I was pretty good at both. Um, but I got really fed up uh, waiting for someone to kind of understand that I had more to offer than uh, you know coming in and saying room service. I, I, I remember feeling like I did commercial auditions and that was like the the straw that broke the camel's back. I used to go and and, uh, audition for all kinds of stuff. I got a few um, and I got some some TV roles and some stage roles and I'm very grateful for those experiences. But uh, um, I remember not getting a part and all I had to say was walk in and, and deliver food and say room service. And I was like, okay, <laughs> what, what does it take to, you know, this is what I do. I deliver food to people all day as a waiter. And I can't get a role as a, a guy that says room service. Okay. Uh, but I just, I thought, I, you know, that and some of the, uh, the, the embarrassing commercial auditions that I went out for was just like, man, am I going to just like grovel for work like this forever? Or mm-hmm. am I going to come up with something that... That I'm going to help to define and and uh, um, you know feel good about and feel like I'm I'm contributing. And I threw a hundred different ideas down, and the idea that I really zeroed in on was uh, an Entertainment Tonight, Cisco and Ebert, hybrid show around the video game culture uh, because I wanted to know more. And I figured that uh, there were tons of people out there that probably felt the same way. And I saw you know 14 or 15 video game magazines. I was collecting them all by the by the way uh, every month on uh, on racks and uh, i was spending 300 dollars a month on video games and you know i was i was into acting and the arts and all that stuff but i was also a massive gamer and i thought there must be other people like this and so i drafted up a three-pager on what the concept was and and uh, started talking to game companies and television companies at the same time and nobody ever said it was a bad idea everybody said it was a good idea uh, but everybody was wondering why it hadn't been done before, and uh, well, the that's, reason was—that's kind of the thing—is like
0: you really pioneered something. I mean, there, like you said, there was you know, electronic like gaming monthly and Game Fan and Game Informer, but that hadn't broken through the TV space. So where did that, where did that vision come from?
5: Uh, well, I, you know, Entertainment Tonight used to be good. You know, and I don't mean to to, to <laughs> throw trash at them, but they used to have a cool show. It used to be about uh, talking to people that actually created things and visiting sets and talking about the manufacturer of, of dreams. And that was very inspiring to me. And I felt like... Uh, Um, I would love to participate in something like that about a medium that was totally being ignored. There used to be a show in Canada called Video and Arcade Top 10, and I was in my 20s when that was on, and it was just an embarrassing show because it was, A, engineered for children, uh, but B, sort of preying on their, uh, you know, uh, their desires to obtain whatever Nintendo game was being marketed to them and Nintendo was the, the major partner and sponsor for them and it was a good deal for Nintendo but it it just looked like this terrible infomercial that was just sure. you know people reading the backs of boxes up on uh, up on stage and I, I just thought there's got to be more you know there's mm-hmm. got to be a cooler way to talk about this stuff and let's go find out who actually makes this material and talk to them and visit these studios and uh I think what it took was um, uh, like a, a real persistence on my part um, and I, I really kind of was able to convey the concept in a pretty clear way that people understood and um, you know I think they, people saw in me that I was really fired up to do this and I was willing to, to go the distance and so people started to take some chances with me. And I hadn't produced anything before, but I had assembled a pretty eclectic and and talented group of people already um, that were fired up to to go on this. And uh, I just you know, I think what what it is with stuff that people don't need, but they want, is you kind of have to make that sell job very easy to understand. You know, it almost has to be this thing that exists And people go, well, why, of course it should be there. You know, it's like they dug it up and and there was already. And I think that's what Electric Playground kind of was. It was one of these pre-conceived kind of concepts that just seemed so clear. And I was just the guy that was saying it. And uh, of course it made sense that there was a show like this talking about video games. And And... And I think people just sort of got behind the concept and said, "Okay, well, let's give these guys a shot. And and we had to go and self-syndicate at the beginning. And and it was interesting because we went down the actually went on a road trip down the uh, west coast of the states. And I visited TV stations all the way down to Los Angeles. And we got our first signature at um, a Bellingham, Washington station called KVOS, which broadcast into Vancouver, sat down with the general manager, showed him our demo thing that we had shot. And uh and uh, it was pretty, pretty cheese ball, but it was fun, and it was from the right place. And he watched it, and he said, "Yeah, that's good. I would like this show." And and, and he said, "What would you need from me?" And I said, "Well, how about a letter?" And he said, "Okay, well, when would you like that?" And I said, "Well, how, how about right now?" <laughs> and so he sat down at his at his typewriter. I think I don't think he had a computer, <laughs> and he, uh, he he drafted his letter and signed it, and that was our first um, uh, TV station to sign on, and we had official confirmation of that, and we got a few more. And then we went to, uh, there's a convention for television called NAPP, which is not unlike E3, but it's all about TV shows and syndication. And and, um, we had some good, interesting conversations, always interesting conversations with different types of broadcasters and, and networks and things. But one of the things that came out of it is I met with a lot of people from uh, two Canadian outlets that are no longer Canadian media juggernauts one of them was the the chum group which ran Much music here in Canada and space and stuff. They eventually sold to Bell the uh, the huge mobility company or you know the, the huge uh, communications company uh, but I met with the chum folks and I met with the Craig folks and um I told them we had U.S. deals already, and that was like, "Why you guys have sold into the states already? Of course, yeah, we'll take it, we'll take it." And so we piecemealed this network across Canada and down the west coast of the states, and and uh, scraped up some money from sponsors, and we went ahead with our first thirteen um, season, or thirteen episode season in uh, 1997. And I still have the TV guide from our San Francisco affiliate, KBHK. We got great ratings there, by the way. I sound like Donald Trump. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, but I, it had, um, uh, the guy that's on, uh, Crisis Right now, what's his name? Drew Carey. He it was the Drew Carey show back then, but he was on the cover. And then, you know, you flip through the pages and there was, uh, Electric Playground on the weekend there. And, uh, yeah, we, we, uh, you know, we, we toughed it out. We, did, we had to scrape money together. I eventually sold the company to, uh, Um, I I, I sold the concept that I created around Electric Playground and the idea of making a TV show and, um, you know, uh, pretty elaborate web partnerships um, to uh, boss studios or boss game studios. They used to make video games, but they also had an entertainment division. They were all owned by this other huge conglomerate uh, called um, Orca Bay. And there was also cell phone money and all of that. They were amazing partners, though. And they kind of escalated us to another level. They sold us to another group. That was a terrible experience, but we, we kept making content. And uh, that ended in me being able to buy the rights back to everything for my severance, basically. And uh, got some editing equipment out of there. And then in 2002, G4 was launching, and um, I negotiated a deal to do six episodes of Judgment Day, which was our first show with uh, with G4, which was Tommy and I reviewing video games every week, and all we had in 2002, we had no contracts, no deals, nothing in place for EP anywhere, but we had this little bit of money coming in from uh, uh, our Judgment Day, Judgment Day deal, and it was all based on if those six did all right, we would get another order for maybe six or seven more, and so we just kept stacking them and stacking them, and my team was was amazing all the way through, and uh, you know prepared to just give everything they had to make a good show. And and we all saw the opportunity, and we worked our butts off, and and it, there was always this threat that it was going to end, you know, that it was going to not go forever because most TV doesn't. And uh, somehow we just kept getting a contract after another contract. We started working with Turner. We did the Game Tap News Show for them, and. Um, won an Emmy f- for that work, and and we did the first HD show with a show called The Art of Play, uh, which was for Rainbow Media. They had a um, a network I think called Gameplay or something. And uh, yeah, we just we just kept rocking and rolling. And then we partnered up with Rogers in Canada, and they became one of our strongest uh, broadcast partners. Period, because they they had an appetite to. Um, first of all, we produced a show for them called the Lab with Leo Laporte, which was. Uh, working with Leo from the old uh, Tech TV days. We did a, a year's worth of that show. And then they said they wanted to go in a different direction and needed uh, more entertainment-focused stuff. And we said, well, why don't we make EP daily? And... Uh uh, and they said, yeah, that sounds great. And so we started making hundreds of episodes of EP a year. <laughs> and we did that from 2008 to 2010. And then they said, well, let's go for a little more and let's make reviews on the run daily. And so we made uh, reviews on the run daily from 2010 to 2014 and uh, EP daily from uh, up until 2015. Um, and we grew in scale and had teams in different cities. and and. uh covered everything cool every single day. And so that's what I've been trying to kind of maintain with much a much smaller footprint, but with also the immediacy of the internet and, and uh, a lot of the disciplines that we sort of picked up along the way making our TV content. But I've, uh, I've had a tremendous, you know, good fortune and good luck, and I've also worked hard to have that luck and uh, tried my best to be a good partner with the people that we work with along the way.
0: It's it sounds from your story and and man that's an incredible story cuz like I said John and I were along for the ride. I mean I remember <laughs> when G4 launched and just thinking it was the greatest thing ever. And yeah. I will say, I will say this out of all the shows that they produced so many of them seemed so scripted and so canned and you could tell yeah. they were actors. Yeah. But you and Tommy like you brought it, you could see the, the dedication to the medium that you guys had. Um but you yep. talk you talk about all this and I, I get like a mix of both, you know, fondness for those days and also kind of like a, you're kinda of done with the bureaucracy of, of deals and partnerships. Is there a little bit of liberation in what you have now with just being online or do you miss it? Do you wish you, are there still efforts to put EP back on television?
5: I love what we're doing now, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're absolutely right. I mean, I, I we did have the freedom and the autonomy, partially because we were alone still in the space. You know, there were uh, like the game trailer show started up, uh, and that ran for a while, and X Play, um, and some of the G4 content. But EP was kind of a distinct thing because we were a broadcast show. Um, you know on major stations especially in Canada for a long time and then in the States uh, in our last few years we were on all kinds of amazing stations um, but people left us alone they trusted what we were all about and they trusted our uh, our uh, disciplines and, the, and our strategies with this stuff and yeah I was never a prompter guy we were never sort of focused so much on, on um, y- you know worrying about the script And i don't mean to offend any writers or anything like that out there but i felt like always that it was more important to have a very personal real non-scripted honest conversation with people um through the camera and i felt that people really picked up on that and a huge inspiration i from that or to to achieve that was the uh the arguments that siskel and ebert would have you know those moments were magic right like they would turn away from reading the prompter and the sort of note for note stuff that they had to do to deliver their their things about the movie and then they would talk to each other and they would get into it. And that moment was always television magic every week. And so I wanted to tap into that. And the other huge um, influence was, was uh, the much music VJ kind of style of delivery in Canada. Um, I didn't really know it at the time, but they were such a, um, um, you know, renegade way of producing. It's, it, it stems from not having too many people and just being self-sufficient. And uh, it's a good philosophy, especially in this internet age, right? And so I kind of feel like we were making um, very internet-friendly, honest television for a decade and a half maybe before YouTube and the internet video stuff started to happen. And so it's been a pretty, you know, at least um, production-wise, it's been a pretty easy transition for me to talk to the camera this way Um, and so I would like to do that again with a broadcaster that understands the power of, uh, reaching people through things like this, through vehicles like yours and through YouTube and everything like that. And, um, I'm certain that they exist out there, but I don't have a, I'd rather, and I've always felt this way. I would rather make things than talk about making things. I've always produced like that. I could always have, waited for bigger deals and negotiated here and negotiated there and pitted people together and you know I turned down some things and chose some things that were less about a big payout and more about a continued amount of production work because I like that idea. The reward isn't the payoff the for me. The reward is being able to make this happen and work and um, feel good about your life every day. You know? Otherwise I would have produced something else, you know? If I didn't really give a shit about being a a uh, a producer in this medium i would have just been a producer because i've got the chops to produce anything trust me by this point right <laughs> I, I could have made any any kind of reality garbage that you could dream of but i hate that shit and i don't yeah. want to be involved in it and i would rather do this and make less money but at least be able to do this kind of work and i'm certain that there is a broadcast partner that would fit with the rhythms that i have Um, that would see the winds in working with me and and helping me foster another team of people that that, uh, could kick some serious ass in this space. Um, But I know that there's a lot of worry and concern and frustration and risk aversion uh, in that world right now and because there aren't a lot of other, you know, competing entities out there that are having success in this space in television. There's no clear solution for me to just point over there and say, see, they're doing that. But, you know, you could do this. And, you know, a lot of what I've learned has been about, you know, resource management and and keeping things lean and uh, efficient and um, user friendly and real. And uh, I'd like to do that. But I, you know, I don't want to spend all my days pitching and talking about this stuff and saying we should try, you know. It gets frustrating doing that. So I, I, I did have some people in in uh, 2016 that I was having dialogue with, and and it, it's I I can't be angry or pissed off or frustrated or anything because it's just such a weird tumultuous time in media. But it they just went nowhere. You know, it just went nowhere, and and it felt like things were going to go somewhere, and it didn't go anywhere. And it was like the end of 2016 where I realized. We've got an audience. It's it's not enormous. It's not the same footprint that we had, but it's growing, and I think people are responding well to the type of content that we're making. I'm having a good time. The small team that I've been able to put together is having a good time. The sponsor partners that are already participating with us respect the uh, the, the you know the commitment and the quality of the work that we're doing. Um, let's just keep going and uh, let's make it and and. You know, I would love there to be another partner that says, oh, yeah, let's take your skill set and your experience and your partnerships with the media and, and uh, these relationships that you've had for, for so long and let's let's make something uh, really special with you and, and let's see where we go with all this. But um, I'm not in the stage of my life where I want to just knock on doors and right. go and, yeah. you know, I just don't want to do that.
0: What do you what do you think? Because I mean, we've seen a lot. There was that point where video games on TV was a thing. Spike had awards. Um, Jeff Keighley had a television show. The whole G4 network just crumbled. Do you think Mm -hmm. that has more to do with the paradigm of television programming and the transition there? Or more like the Twitch YouTube era of gamers getting their content? Or do you think it's an even mix of both? Like, what's your take on that?
5: Well, I think it's ludicrous to think of television and the internet as competing entities. I think you have to think of television and the internet as two vehicles to reach people. We're in the information world, you know, this is what we do. So um, I feel like TV broadcasters that don't understand that they need to be on television and in, uh, in the online space concurrently. Um, to the benefit of all of their advertiser partners, because let's face it, every every broadcaster out there has just got a uh, a rolodex filled with partners that have uh, um, s- you know supported their business for years, and maybe they're seeing a little bit of that dwindle. You can't roll up the wagons and put up the white flag and say, "Well, you know, this category of people's interest can only be covered over there." If you're a broadcaster, if, like if I was running one of these networks and I haven't had the uh, um, the real sort of desire to go into that direction either but if I were I would be like well you know what they, there's lots of ch- there's lots of competition out there and it's gonna be hard uh, but a lot of the competition that exists out there doesn't have the tenacity or the resources or the experience or the partner relationships that we have let's go full-bore and deliver this on television and give it to Facebook and give it to YouTube and give it to twitch and uh, we'll just accumulate that entire audience and offer that back to our partners and that's that's what i want to do like i would rather be working with somebody that uh that uh, that understands uh is less about protecting how people watch it and more about proliferating the content in as many ways as possible to the benefit of the viewership and the and the advertiser partners that exist out there you know
4: mm-hmm.
5: um but it's hard to convince these broadcasters that are all doing um, exclusivity deals and, and licensing deals that are very structured and frankly about much bigger money than news magazine style content really costs. So we, we, me like EP and reviews, but every other entity out there that's been trying to, to build sort of information based news magazine style material around this stuff for television has been faced with the idea that we're just small potatoes compared to the bigger things and the bigger concerns because you know obviously there's a lot of uh, uh piracy and a lot of people watching these huge expensive shows for free on the internet and so right. it's hard to change that that sort of um uh perspective but it's it is happening like CBS launching their CBS app you know mm-hmm. and obviously Netflix sort of storming the Emmy, Emmys and things like that there is definitely um uh, you know, a mindshare shift with broadcasters, um, but that, you know, the budgets for stuff like this is just small. And you know what? I include our uh, our colleagues and our our the people that we know over at ET and, and Access and all of those shows as well. Um, they've all been hammered too. Their budgets have shrunk like crazy. I don't know if you guys watch those shows anymore, but they've had to deal with uh, a lot of shift, a lot of change. But Within those silos, they also have some pretty sophisticated ways to reach people through the Internet. TMZ is actually a a perfect example for that. So not that I'm a fan of any of that junk, but uh, (laughs) it's uh, you got to be you got to be everywhere. And so it does bother me that there are not broadcasters that don't recognize that opportunity because I do feel like um I mean, here's here's the way I feel. eSports are fantastic. It's a great great thing that's happening for video games. and And uh, I, I totally applaud all of the great work that's happening to engender eSports into people's lives. But it's just to me, it's a small sliver of the value of this industry. It's just a, it's just a more it's like the sports section of video games, right. which is great. But it's not the entirety of the industry. The entirety of the industry is massive in scope, and it needs to be covered in, in a, a more holistic, accessible way and um, it isn't and part of that stems from the games themselves just being so much about clubhouses and this is my sector you only come in here if you're a fan of here you're a fan over here you're a fan there this is for this fan base this is this community and like movies don't operate like that and tv shows don't operate like that books music nothing really Except for games, where it's just like, well, I'm a Nintendo guy. I'm only League of Legends. I only like esports. I only like real-time strategy. It's like what, you know? And uh, and I think also that becomes a problem if you ever want to, you know, program for a uh, video game network. It's suddenly you're going, well, we need a show that's just for RPG fans. We need it. A- And all of that is kind of bullshit at this point because what you really want to be doing is drawing that net out as wide as you can to bring in as many people to watch and be engaged by the content start to finish, but also to, you know, hopefully, and this was always my idea with EP, is to get people engaged enough that they want to go off and and, uh, be a part of the industry too and make better games, you know? And you're... You do that by, by growing the conversation and, and uh, uh, increasing uh, I don't know the, the the bandwidth a little bit so that that it's it's more inclusive and, and less about uh, these exclusive clubs that I, I, it just boggles my mind. <laughs> I've been to every three and I would be it would be very hard for me apart from the signage and the advertising to tell you the difference between one year into the next and that's that's terrible, you know. <laughs> It's, uh, the business needs to be, it needs to be more inclusive in general, period.
1: After, um, after covering the industry for over 20 years and being to every E3, uh, what do you see that still gets you excited? What do you see in the industry that, that gets your blood pumping?
5: Everything. I, I, love the, I love the medium. You know, I love games. I, uh, I just got a code for Pyre. I'm probably not supposed to talk about that. And, uh, and uh, uh, you know, I've just been playing Splatoon. Just Don't been, worry. Right.
0: Nobody listens to us anyway.
5: <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it, it's, it's exciting every time. And, and what's frustrating for me, and I'm sure for anybody, Jeff, and anybody in my position that has had the opportunity to um, employ people on a regular basis to keep up with all of this, is that I can't keep up with all of it. That's that's the one frustration that I have right now. Is that the, I'm 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 basically being begged every day to cover things like we used to be able to cover them, and I can't. And that's frustrating because it deserves to be. It deserves to have, uh, you know, different colleagues of mine go to studios to and cover more and get some exclusive interviews on a regular, you know, mm-hmm. cycle of, uh, yeah, you, you know, repeat. And uh, it's it can't. And and there are companies that are doing like IGN. I know they have a show, too, that just uh, it's launching, I think, today on the Disney XD channel. And I I wish them well. I hope it's good. Um, And there are a few places that are 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 able to kind of navigate through all of this. But so much content out there. And I I think it's great. But so much content out there is is um, pundits and and experts and experts. uh, you know people in in game rooms just talking to the camera and sort of you know speculating or pontificating or, or uh, um, there's a lot of a lot of hearsay you know as opposed to connecting and communicating there's a lot of hostility and a lot of anger too which really mm-hmm. that it bothers me because there, there shouldn't be you know like I know the game game makers are making a lot of mistakes, and the DLC and the patches and the uh, uh, the amount of passwords and there's a lot of frustrations around the and it comes down to that inclusiveness and that accessibility. It's a it's a major problem. There's there's three major problems. There's there's a discoverability issue. There's too much stuff, so there's a bit of a there's uh, too much choice, which is exciting. But if you don't have... It's overwhelming. Yeah. If you, and if you don't have the apparatus around that to help guide people to different things, that might be encouraging for them. And I know it exists in totality when you can figure out what YouTuber and what Twitch streamer is appropriate for your tastes, but you have to put in the legwork to find those people. Mm-hmm. Um, so there, that's one of the issues, and the other issue is, uh, you know, the inclusivity—the idea that, you know, the the uh, the stores and the communities and the uh, the discussions around games can be a little hostile. You know, they can be a little less than friendly to everyone, and I think that needs to evolve. You know, I think that you kind of have to think of. Uh, mature entertainment industries and recognize how much evolution they went through to and this goes right to the sporting leagues and everything. How did they become a part of every day kind of subsistence, you know, like everyone needs to know about movies and TV shows and and. Uh, um, On some level and I I don't mean to paint everybody as obsessive for all that stuff But I just feel like games have just carved out all of these different ways to exclude people and they should flip that around and say um, We're gonna make it easier. We're gonna make it, you know, less expensive. We're gonna make it more consumer friendly Um, And and I and I think that third thing is about that accessibility, you know, like it's it's uh, it's It's still too hard to just plug plug something in and know if it's gonna work all the time, you know. Like you take home a game and it's you stick it in, and and uh you're gonna wait 45 minutes before you go. And and did I get Is the it right compatible machine?
1: with this version? Yeah. Or? Yeah. You. Yeah. So many of the voices. It's it seems to me, at least. uh There's a like you said. There's a lot of cynicism. There's a lot of anger. Um yeah. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm drawn to people like you, like Jeff Kanata, like, like the people that are just positive and they love, you know, they love what they do and they love this industry. Um, but I was wondering, how do you approach when you get an assignment or a review of something that you really do <laughs> dislike? um one of my favorite reviews of yours recently was the last Transformers movie. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 you know, it's like, how do you approach when you get an assignment for something that you really just dislike?
0: You still seem like you're having fun, enjoying and reviewing bullshit. <laughs> you, you're like the happiest yeah. guy ever. Is that a Canadian thing?
5: <laughs> I, I, I don't, I, you know, I, I, I always in my mind is that appreciation for how privileged I am to be able to do what I do. You know, and you know, you guys are dads and you know this, right? There are real problems and real issues and real things that make adulting tough, you know? And to be able to um, be indulgent enough to escape into this medium, no matter how shitty it might be, uh, it's always a privilege and I never forget that. And the other thing that I don't forget, and I think Kanata probably you know, appreciates this too, when you build something from nothing, which is what I did with Electric Playground, and he did with Totally Rad Show, and about seventy-five other things that he's built <laughs> since then. Um, you uh, you come to appreciate how difficult it is to build anything, and how hard it is to get people to pay attention to you, and and uh, um, and so I have bad respect for any weirdo dreamer, you know crazy person that thinks that they're going to build something that people are going to give a shit about. And so I generally have respect for that creative process, even when it comes time to talk about the Transformers. And it, it was a terrible, ridiculous movie. But you can't fault the, uh, the efforts of the, the visual effects teams that probably killed themselves to make that movie look as shiny as it did for, you know, for it was ludicrous, but it's still... It'd still look good. So I, I try to not forget that element, you know, even when I hate something or it frustrates me or um, I bang my head. I, I recognize that people don't set out to be terrible. You know, they don't try to piss us off or rip us off. Um, hey, look at us.
0: We've been here three years. <laughs> we weren't trying to be this bad. <laughs> it just happened. We just worked at it.
5: <laughs> you just got to have fun too, mm-hmm. right? Just yeah. gotta. Enjoy it. So yeah, if you're not if you're not having fun.
1: What's what's the point, right? Absolutely. So
5: let's talk a little bit about
0: parenting. John, yeah. John and I had a discussion just a couple nights ago about how. Um, we There are like certain car insurance commercials that we can't watch without crying. Like uh, being, oh, yeah. <laughs> being a dad like fundamentally changes your perspective on Absolutely. everything. Um, yeah. How did that change you as uh, like a gamer for fun? And then also somebody who analyzes the industry. Obviously there's a lot of really bad stuff out there for kids yeah. and a lot yeah. of really good stuff. I would argue there's not as much Uh, content aimed at children these days as like there used to be. Um, Yeah. How did that change your view of the game, of the gaming scene?
5: Well, it made me much more empathetic and and sensitive, I think, about uh, um, the frailties of the, you know, the people in these stories, you know, like The Last of Us was a pretty heavy hitting piece of fiction for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I felt the same way about Logan. Um, You know, like I, I think I Am Alive, where there was a kid that was hurt. I remember Game of Thrones, there was a baby killed. And the younger me would have been offended and shocked, but maybe not as stabbed in the gut, you know, by it, and and feeling complete. Like, I know I'm making you both uncomfortable even just talking about that stuff. I can see see it. And that's, I think, a commonality with with parents, you know. And um, obviously, I've I've, uh, got a pretty... um, big group of game making and game covering friends that I've known for a long time in the industry on Facebook. And, and, uh, it is, it is interesting to read the, uh, reflections and the observations of, of, uh, things like press conferences at E3 where there's ultraviolet game after ultraviolet game. And, uh, I think there, there is a, there is a, it's not a softening, but I think that there is a more, um, I don't know, empathetic kind of element in all of us as we get older that this starts to blossom a bit. We start to recognize the frailty of our, our our, uh, existence and um, how terrible it is to just throw it away, whether it's in fiction or not. And, uh, and also I think there, there is an ability to understand that, especially when it comes to games is that they can offer more than that too. You know, so there is that frustration of no, you can go deeper with this. So even if you are having incredibly violent sequences and consequences, like in uh, The Last of Us, it's from an emotional truth that uh, is just devastating to experience. But you you crave that, and you n- never want it to end, and you can appreciate it uh, to profound levels. You know, um, but I I have been also finding how joyous it is because I haven't really like Ruby's only five. My daughter's five. So she hasn't really picked up the controller and started playing stuff on her own. She's a little hesitant to do that, but we've played some games together and I've been able to kind of see this fiction and these worlds through her eyes. And, and it's, uh, it's really amazing. Like she, she will remember details about, um, uh, characters and, and, uh, races and, um, uh, you know the, the sort of elaborate lore in Zelda: Breath of the Wild more than I will. You know, and she'll remember that we saw something over on that mountain, and we got to go back to that mountain. And it's incredible for me to see that. You know,
0: the day that's my, such a familiar. My, yeah, the day my three-year-old son picked up a broom and hit me with it and called it his master sword. It was like <laughs> I've done something right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, and my daughter, you know, I'd be playing and. Like you said, she would remember all these details far better than I could. You know, yeah. Dad, don't you remember talking to that one guy in that one village, the, this village over here? And I, I couldn't believe how much she was absorbing it, and and not just, you know, even when we were playing the game, but like when I'd be tucking her into bed at night, and she'd be like, "Dad, tell me, tell me a story about Zelda and Link," <laughs> and yeah. it was just like how old she is was, ah, she? uh, nine. She's nine. Yeah. Yeah. So she was completely engrossed in that.
5: Yeah, it's it's amazing, right? And uh, yeah, my my daughter's always been like, "Go back to the Zoras." It's like we've spent so much time with the Zoras, kid. We're not <laughs> back to the Zoras anymore. We have Zoraed out. Uh, no, don't you understand? Uh, this game is a
0: hundred hours long.
5: <laughs> it, it, it's uh, I have a, a newfound appreciation for. I always have been a fan because I'm still a giant dorky kid set you know like you guys know i'm a huge collector of all this stuff i have toys everywhere uh but i uh uh i really have, like escalated in my appreciation for those lego games and d- dimensions and i love disney infinity and and uh the Skylanders games really grew on me i know that the obsessiveness of collecting all that stuff can get a bit too insane i'm surrounded like, by those toys right now yeah and i feel like <laughs> the industry as a whole should just Stop doing annual releases of everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That would be. That would make the world so much better, right? Like yeah. The, you would make people want your thing again, as opposed to that. Oh yeah, there's a new Assassin's Creed out right now, and right, all, it
1: almost turns into like a, I don't know, like a chore. It's like, well, I need to buy this this year, and, well, and you yeah, don't have t- time, t- time to for...
0: appreciate anything anymore. Where there's such a quick turnaround, and there's so much that as hardcore gamers we want to get to like just yeah. give us time to breathe and appreciate like i haven't appreciated a game like zelda in i don't even know how long because i just i just shut everything else out i just decided i'm not going to get any other game right now i'm going to live yeah. in this world both my son and my wife who's not a gamer really enjoyed experiencing that with me it became a family thing and yeah. there's just something really nice about letting a game breathe and, and taking the time to appreciate it in a way that's so hard to do these
5: days. Zelda's a big reset switch, man, no pun mm-hmm. intended. It's, it's, uh, it's uh, there is a lot that the business is learning from that game right now. It's, uh, it is about, uh, you know, quiet moments and um, discovery and not leading you by the hand. And there's so much maturity in that design, so, so, so much surprising maturity And I've had this conversation with so many people. I mean, I just tweeted out, I think one of you or two of you guys liked my tweet, but I said it's my favorite game of all time. I've been thinking about it and thinking about it and gestating and thinking, is it too soon? And then I'm playing it again to get into some of the DLC with Ruby. I beat it, and then I kept playing it. I'm at 115, 120 hours. And I'm just, I'm savoring it. I love every second, and I'm still discovering things, and it it is just about getting lost in that space and um i think it can be an incredibly valuable private experience but i think one of the great things about that game is is capacity to be shared with other people is tremendous you know i've i've played through the whole thing pretty much with my daughter but at the beginning of it i was reviewing it uh, at the same time my friend uh, johnny millennium from the happy console gamer show was And we were hanging out like we were two teenagers playing the game and passing the controller back and forth. And it just felt incredible, you know? And Nintendo, I don't even know if they know what they did with this machine, but they really really boiled it down, right? They really just made it this, especially that combo with Zelda and, and the Switch. It's just so irrefutably fantastic. It's such a, like if you hand that to anyone... Mm-hmm. They are gonna be impressed, you know, and then Mario Kart is also really great, even if it's a remake and and I loved arms. I thought I thought they really killed it with this cool new fighting thing that I'd never played before. and I'm enjoying Splatoon a hell of a lot too, even though it feels familiar. Mm-hmm. it's it's, you know, the public's responding. Um, I hope that I hope that that momentum continues and I hope that the uh, the pace at which they're releasing these, these pretty terrific games from from their studios continues. Um, but I also hope that it influences the rest of the the companies out there. I think that it was really smart for UB to, um, I mean, let's face it, they had the, they had the most emotional uh, press conference at E3 this year, I think, with developers crying up on stage, <laughs> sort of, you know, reaching moments that they had worked their lives for. That was amazing. Uh, but um, that break that they took with Assassin's Creed, even though they made that terrible f***ing movie. <laughs> 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 <It's> so bad. <laughs> Uh, but the, <laughs> they took the break, and now I'm excited to play Origins again, and, and uh, you know, the stuff that they've been doing around um, uh, Rainbow Six has been smart, you know, just, comp- you know, adding new content and sort of growing that as, it, as it's been out there. Um, I, I hope that the other big guys are learning from some of those things, you know, and yeah, uh, yeah we get that, that accessibility and that inclusiveness
1: yeah, there yeah. you go. Yeah. Um, so, with your career in journalism, gaming journalism, um, you know, from from what I read and what I hear, because we're not real journalists here, we're just no,
0: we're not even pretend journalists.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like like Tony Stark said, we're just bloggers. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, a big part of your job is long hours and traveling all across you know, the world of these different events covering yeah. games. Yeah. How, how tough is it to to do all that and still make time for what's important back at home, you know, with, with your family?
5: It's been, um, I think it's, you know, one of the things that I've been able to do is bring my wife and my daughter with me on a lot of my trips. Yeah. And we've been able to see a large part of the world together. Uh, through this and like she came to london um when we went to uh they came both came to london when we went for assassin's creed syndicate uh when we went to go see um uh to dice to go see star wars battlefront they came to stockholm ruby's been to paris a couple of times she's that just uh, must be amazing for her does she does
1: she appreciate at that young age what she's getting to do
5: yeah, she loves. She used to call it the Orport. Are we going to the Orport, Dad? <laughs> and and, and uh, you know, she really loves travel. And you know, so we've done. We, she came to Con with me. We went down to cover uh, uh, MIPCOM, the uh, the TV festival down there. I did some interviews, and and so my wife and my daughter came to, to Cannes So we tra we trained all across uh, all across France, and and uh, we've been up to Edinburgh twice, and that was for fun. Um, but also what happened last year, which was kind of interesting, is, is it was the first year that we weren't in full production with a big team and, you know, lots of sort of at-home type responsibilities. I had always been able to travel, but my wife, who also helps me run the company, has also had to deal with a tremendous amount of, uh, you know, sort of office management and staff stuff and, and paperwork, and yeah, she has to work really hard to kind of keep the machine going. Uh, but last year, because we didn't have the big team, we didn't have a broadcast contract. It was our first time that we both kind of looked up and we went, well, we can go, uh, we can do a little traveling right now. Why don't we go and see um, some places that we've never really spent time in? And so we went to Kelowna, and we, which is in British Columbia here, and we went to um, up to Nelson, B.C., and uh, out to Ottawa. I'd never been to Ottawa, which is the capital of our country, and and um, um, and we we just explored a little bit and I kept doing the rundown. That was the, the cool thing is I could do our rundown segment no matter where we were. Um, but my daughter's been very fortunate to be able to be a part of that. Now there is this, I try to keep my job as much in within the confines of the hours of, you know, nine to six as I can, nine to five, nine to six. And then I spend family time. And then generally my daughter is asleep by, uh, nine sometimes 10. um, and uh, and then that's when I sneak back down and try to stay awake and play some games and watch a show or a movie or something like that. I, I can't be the person that can just be 12 hours a day every day consuming this stuff and then reporting on it or reviewing it every day the next day. I just can't do that. It just would would be uh, well, I would it would end my marriage and my daughter would never see me. Right. So I'm not <laughs> I'm not going to do that. Uh, but I also, I think that that's just an unhealthy way to kind of live your life in general. And, and, um, I think that is what leads to a lot of people burning out on the, on the coverage side of things to begin with, you know?
4: Yeah.
5: Um, because the, sometimes the deadlines are excruciatingly difficult and, and, uh, and I, I've gone through all of that. I've put in my time doing like that kind of thing over many years, you know? Um, and so if I had a bigger budget to hire some more people right now, I would spread the work out a little bit. And so there would be more voices and more reviewers. Um, and I would do my best to kind of find as much balance as I can. But I think a, a huge chunk of it is, is, uh, and Ruby's just about enter, to enter kindergarten in, in September. So I don't know if that's going to be available to us sort of on a go forward basis, but up until this point she's been able to travel quite a bit and we've been very very privileged to be able to do that so that's uh, fantastic it's been a you know it's been a kind of a family effort my my uh, my my wife has always supported me but my daughter kind of supports me in being this person as well you know one of the cool things that's happened recently is we've been working with uh, Nintendo on um, uh, some on location uh, shoots uh, around some of their games that have aired in uh, Theaters across Canada, Cineplex theaters across Canada, and uh, and I went to a move a movie with with Ruby, and the video popped up on on <laughs> big movie screen, and she said, "That's my dad, that's my dad," <laughs> and people were looking at me, and I was like trying to be low key, but of course I was curious to see how it all looked and everything. Right, but, but it was uh, it was surreal. Yeah, it's very weird to hear your kid, my five year old, say, "Are you working on electric playground today?" Are you shooting the rundown, Dad? It's 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 a, it's a surreal thing, you know. It's like uh, it's like hearing your kid talk about your your kid from a different life, you know. In some yeah. ways, yeah.
0: Well, it's, it sounds like you've had obviously a, a very interesting story. There have been ups, there have been downs, but at the end of it, you seem very content, very happy yeah. with with. I mean, I don't know. I don't even think legacy is a small word, because or too big of a word, because um, you've put yourself in the homes of so many people, and those of us who have, you know, been gamers all of our lives, we've we've watched you over the years, and we feel like we know you. I mean, obviously, there's so much to to the personalities behind the camera that we don't know, but we certainly appreciate you taking the time to to talk to us and. To, to get to know you a little bit better. Um, as we start to round out our time here, um, I just wanna ask you what your opinion is on the year so far. For me, it seems like it's been an embarrassment of riches lately where there have been so many good games, so much great film entertainment. Obviously, you're doing um, Film Fury now with Johnny yep. Millennium. Um, you seem really settled in a in a great place. Uh, you seem content with what you're producing. Obviously, the the industries are cranking out hit after hit. Um, wh- where do you where do you see this year stacking up in in a year of great entertainment?
5: It is. It's a year of great entertainment. You you hit the nail on the head. It's uh, uh, you know 2017. One of one of the things that struck me is how much great content was coming out of Japanese studios at the beginning of the year. It felt like every game, like. Uh, Last Guardian and and uh, um,
0: Resident, Resident Evil, Resident Evil,
5: and uh, yeah, it's just like boom, boom, Persona Five and Zelda, of course, and it just felt like wow, man, like the Japanese. I, I I don't mean to throw Phil Fish under the bus, but that comment of of Japanese developers can't make good games from a few years ago that re- I, that that bubbled up again as I kept playing a fantastic Japanese game mm-hmm. after another. <laughs> Like uh, you know, near it was Automata. the
0: 90s all over again.
5: It was great, yes. And uh, I I felt like E3 was was actually mostly underwhelming, apart from uh, you know a few you know a few. The supporters. highlight
1: of getting to meet us was yeah, you know, that was the best. Thing.
5: Absolutely, <laughs> but there there was uh, very little in the conferences that was really shocking, and and mm-hmm. we had that last year. You know, like. Mm-hmm. Like even Xbox's two machines in one conference was pretty. <laughs> it was pretty shocking, and, and all of what Sony was showing off, and now we're knowing that it, now we understand that it was all for 2018 games. Uh, but Anthem looks good, but that's you know probably 2019. Um, I think the the back half of this year is, is honestly going to have a really challenging time uh, competing the, with the first half of this year. We've had so much good content already. As for movies. Uh, yeah, I mean, Guardians of the Galaxy 2 and Logan and Spider-Man Homecoming and Wonder Woman, four superhero movies that are all amazing. Um, uh, you know, Alien Covenant sucked. There's been, like, Transformers, um, uh, lately it's felt pretty cool. Big Sit, the Big Sick, the uh, Baby Driver movie, mm-hmm. uh... You know, we'll see what happens with the end of the year. Obviously, everybody's looking at Star Wars. I can't wait for Thor. Johnny's always like, "What? The, there's a Thor 3? How did we get to the <laughs> Thor 3? And it's like, yeah, I can't wait for Thor 3. It looks,
0: it looks <laughs> batshit crazy.
5: I love that kind of stuff, yeah. you know. I, it does feel um, Iron Iron Fist on Netflix. was. Every time I try yeah. to watch that show, I fall asleep, man. I think but I got does,
1: three episodes in and
5: couldn't do it i mean it does feel like we have an embarrassment like if we were comic nerds i don't know if you guys were but uh, if we were comic nerds uh we have had every sort of hope and desire satiated in the last little while and now it's just like we're at the buffet just going oh my god i can't eat anymore no more of this (laughs) (laughs) but we are getting a lot more of it it's it's all coming you know um yeah it's it's already been ridiculously fun and you're right I do feel very very uh I feel I can't ask for more you know like I feel very fortunate um that doesn't mean that I'm not a- ambitious and don't have some big ideas about sort of next steps and I'm working on some of that stuff um but it's uh yeah I've been I, I realized a dream you know and i I was aware of that even in our first season i remember uh, you know i made a thousand dollars an episode in our first year on television and that was it i made 13 grand for for that first year but i remember walking home i was crossing a bridge here in vancouver and i just felt like holy crap you know like i i had a thing that i had in my head and and i'm making that and i just felt so grateful and that has persisted you know so that's That's how i feel Today. <laughs> yeah, that's
0: that's important to to find that thing I mean John and I we do this for fun I mean we, yeah. we both work full-time jobs doing other things and when we got to go to e3 this year like we just had to stop and look at each other like this is just something that we did to kind of feed our soul you know yeah and, yeah. and it, it grew enough where thankfully people have been listening and, and enjoy what we do and it, and it got us somewhere that we've been dreaming of since we were teenagers. So, well, the minute
5: you take any of this stuff for granted, anything, anything in your life, your family, your health, anything you take it for granted, is the minute that you're going to have that slapped in your face. You know, you got to remember how lucky you are to have every minute that you have. You know, and you gotta, you gotta celebrate, man. Like you don't know when it's when it's done, right? So enjoy it while you got it, and you know, like. Uh, I, I've seen a lot of people just squander those opportunities by thinking they they can't see outside of their moment, yeah, and right. you kind of you kind of have to you kind of have to pull, to pull the camera back and recognize you know Christ, I mean it's it's pretty easy to get dark now too, right? It's pretty easy to just look at a map and go, holy, th- those people mm. are screwed, you know, mm. you know. Just by the, the the geography that they're they happen to have been born in, they've got issues that they are going to contend with for their whole life, and so anybody that's on the other side of something like that 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 uh, can enjoy the indulgences of of uh, the entertainment space and and the, uh, the the luxuries that we have, and if you can't find a way to appreciate that and enjoy that, then. Um, you know, I'm being over gen- overly general here, but it's, uh, it, I i have always had the ability to kind of pull back a bit and appreciate that uh, things are yeah. good. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, thank you. I mean, thank you not only for, for joining us for this, but thank you also for 20 years of positivity. Po- is that a real word? Positivity? Almost. Positivity? Yeah. <laughs> positivity. There you uh- go. <laughs> 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 yeah.
4: we'll, don't Nailed worry, it. we'll edit that.
1: <laughs> It'll be better. Just, just, yeah. <laughs> thank you so much for, for all you've done um, for all these years. And thank you for being with us today.
5: Oh, this was awesome, guys. Thank you for uh, having patience. I know that we've been talking about doing this for a long time. And I, uh, I'm very flattered and, and I would love to come back sometime if, if uh, you guys will have me. Absolutely. invitation's always it. there. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, thank good you. Luck Everything that you're working on, and and, uh, don't forget to have a a great time. And you know, like one thing that I will tell you guys is that the business, as it was for me, and I'm sure it remains, is, and I think you guys are discovering that you're at E3. It's uh, it's incredibly open, and it's still defining itself, and. there, are, there is ego, and there are people that are, you know, harder to reach than than uh, others for sure. But generally, people are pretty receptive and responsive, and friendly and open. And uh, uh, you know, you, I think you guys should extend that opportunity to have more guests. And I think you'll be surprised at who shows up and who you have a good time with. Definitely, great advice. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, uh, my, my pleasure. Thanks for having me on, you guys. All right, have a Thanks good night. A lot. All right. Take care. Thanks. Bye.
1: Thank you so much to Victor Lucas for gracing us with your presence.
0: Hold on. Stop. What's jo- up, Johnny Casino? Do you, do you notice the difference between him talking off air and on air?
3: Ah, uh... the,
0: the the speed of his of his talking. Oh, how I he mean, like slows down a whole lot.
3: Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I mean, it's obvious to me, because obviously we're brothers and we see each other all the time and talk all the time, but every time we click record, your speed goes s- slower.
1: It's just my <laughs> gradual stroke. <laughs> it's, <laughs> been, it's been about
0: three years in the process. Wow. Mm-hmm. Oh, that kind of stroke. <laughs> His great! Wow. He, catches, he picks up more than I do. Yeah,
1: we should have him on more often. Yeah. That sound
0: means... It's the end of the show.
1: That brings us to the caboose.
0: The caboose. The
1: caboose. Johnny Casino, what would you like to tell the folks about? What have you been enjoying lately?
3: So there. Okay. So obviously, if you're listening to this, you're a podcast fan, and there is a. I guess technically it's a podcast, even though I argue with Dave that it doesn't feel like one. But there's this. You can find it on iTunes, and it's called Thirty Six Questions, and it's a like a musical radio show. And it's this one guy, one girl. And the way it's recorded is like, she's recording this whole conversation on her phone. And it has a, that, that, that feel from like uh, life is strange when she's like talking to herself. It's got a lot of that feel to it, but then they start singing and the, the woman singing is it. the songs are great. Kind of that weird indie sound to it. Um, it's I mean I guess it's kind of a romance story about a girl who who uh, lied to her husband about who she is for two years of being married and just told him that she's not who she said she was Whoa. uh but check it out the first two episodes are out uh, if you just search 36 questions on you know whatever podcast thing you have um it's from take two or two up or I don't know something with the two in it um <laughs> but the first two episodes are out the the, the next the third one the third and final one will be out in like a week or two listen to it it it's way better than probably how I'm describing it to be.
0: How long are the episodes?
3: Like 45 minutes to an hour. Oh, nice. And there's only three total. But the music is really cool. Like, it's definitely with her scenes, It's this indie, indie music sound that I that I quite enjoy.
0: All right. Nice. Sweet. What do you got, Adam? Uh, I went to see a movie not that long ago, which a mo- is a rare occurrence mm-hmm. in the movie theater. Yeah. Uh, we went to see Baby Driver.
3: Hmm.
0: Baby Driver is this shit. You guys can okay. go see this movie.
3: How can that be good? Like, everything I've seen about it, if everyone says it's amazing, but uh-huh. when you actually, like, look at the preview, like, oh, well, it's going to have some good driving
0: and be terrible otherwise. So, so here's, here's what makes Baby Driver cool, is the directing. It is, it's directed by the guy who did, um... Edgar Wright, right? Edgar Wright. Okay. Shaun of the Dead, uh, Scott Pilgrim, and... Oh, I'm sold. The the char- the lead character in this movie has really bad tinnitus. So he's always got earbuds in and he's always listening to music. And if you watch the international trailer, the trailer is cut kind of like the movie where he directs things to the tempo of the music that is playing. So if there's a lot of rat-tat-tat drums in the song, the gunshots during the action sequences are in tune to the music that's playing as he's jumping and like running away from guys, his feet will hit the ground in tempo with the music, and it's so slick. Weird. The opening sequence of this movie, he's walking down the street, and he's listening to a song, and everybody that I've talked to that's seen this movie didn't even catch this except for me the lyrics of the song are showing up in the environment around him so that's awesome there'll be like a part in the song where the guy sings just for example he'll sing baby 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 and as he sings it the lead character walks by a wall with graffitied baby 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 on the wall in the background and it's really subtle and like street signs will have the words the lyrics um it's so cool like it's just totally stylish the story itself is very generic it's you know, it's my last job and then I'm out, kind of mobster thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's got really good actors in it. It's got Kevin Spacey, um, John Hamm. It's got, um, uh, what's his name from um, Walking Dead? Who is the dude who got killed who's the Punisher? Oh, John. I can't remember his name, but he's yeah. in it for a little bit. It's got really good actors, but the directing is so slick. Um, it's just a really good summer popcorn movie. You know, you're not going to think really hard, but everything everything you're seeing Very you're stylish. Very stylish. It's really good. Baby Driver. Two thumbs up. Excellent. I had a little bit of a hard time coming up with something uh, to recommend. Because so, um, everything sucks in your life?
1: Everything is terrible in my life, except for peanut butter. Peanut Ooh. butter? I'm recommending peanut butter.
3: As a whole or a specific kind? We might have to throw it down if you don't recommend the right one.
1: Specifically Uh oh, here we go. The homemade peanut butter from Hell's Kitchen in Minneapolis. Oh. They make... It's a restaurant that I love. They make all their own condiments. They make their own ketchup. They make their own peanut butter. You can can buy jars of this stuff when you leave, and you can order it online at hellskitcheninc.com. Uh, I whenever I go to the restaurant, I always buy a jar of peanut butter to bring home with me because it's the most amazing are you stuff
0: in the world. Are you one of these weirdos who will, like stick your finger in the peanut butter and eat it like that way? I'm not a hobo. I don't <laughs> eat peanut butter like a hobo. Okay. No. What would you recommend people put their peanut butter on? A banana. <laughs> you could put it on a banana.
1: <laughs> you could dunk your testicles in it. Uh, I usually just make... if you put the
3: peanut butter on the ground and. <laughs> And they're already hanging that low. I usually just make toast, uh-huh.
1: and toast some nice bread. Do you ever butter. put
3: it on like an like an apple? Like cut up an. I do that at home a lot. Cut up an apple and just scoop yeah. it out.
0: Apple or celery or carrot sticks are all good.
3: You just oh. name some healthy stuff.
0: Is this is this smooth peanut butter or chunky peanut butter?
3: It's chunky.
1: I, I, they may offer both varieties, but I uh, you're I, a chunky man. I, I'm a chunky guy. Okay, I'm a chunky guy. Um, mm. So I recommend if you are a peanut butter connoisseur. Visit hellskitcheninc.com and order yourself a jar of PB from them. You won't regret it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think that's going to do it for us then, right? That's it. Johnny Casino, tell everybody about where they can find you on the social media and where they can listen to your shows.
3: So on the social media, I am Johnny underscore Casino with just J-O-N-N-Y. There's no H in there. But Johnny underscore Casino, um, I mostly talk to Adam. Not, not to brag. Um, but outside of that, I, I do two shows. Uh, I do one with one of my best friends every other week called Generational Gamers Podcast, where we're actually mixing up our format some, because I think the other one was starting to get stale and fail. Um, but then three days a week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, you can catch uh, Forget Being Cool. We're out on all the podcast stuff. Uh, but we're also on the Day Space, which is D-A-C-E-S-P-A-C-E, um, the Day Space YouTube channel. Uh, if you follow that, it'll tell you whenever we come on live, and you can come on and write stupid stuff to us in the chat that will break us and make us start
0: laughing and not be able to control ourselves. Um, True story. Y- when, when he <laughs> airs in the, in the mornings, mm-hmm. um, I don't listen to them live. I listen to them on the podcast podcast feed. Yep. Um, but when I know they're on, because I get like a Twitter alert that Dave says he's streaming, I purposely take a poo break. So, I can go on YouTube and just type Julia Roberts and send it their way, and then I immediately leave. Yes, this,
3: this is a very true thing because Dave doesn't know who Julia Roberts is. Yeah. Um, but also, if you go to dayspace.com, um, you can find both of my shows. You can find everything else that we've moved onto the dayspace channel. And that's where I'm at. That's me. Nice. You're the man. Uh, people can find
1: us in the usual spaces at Megadad's blog on Twitter uh, we're also on Facebook we've got the Facebook group that uh, I encourage everybody to come in and join that we can you can chat with us and other great folks um, Megadad's.org is mm-hmm. the main site where you can find all of our features uh, what do we got going up uh, you, should... you, just, you just had a gamer spotlight I had a gamer spotlight I've got my first review up there for Splatoon 2 yep uh, comic strip? Is there a new comic strip? It should be going up
0: tomorrow. Tomorrow. Oh, you, shit, I better do that then, just, I guess. You just
1: remembered that you have to draw a comic strip, didn't you?
0: <laughs> no, I knew. I've just been dragging my heels. Um, yeah, we've always got good stuff
1: up there on the site. And, if, and then two weeks, 2DCon. Yes. If you're in the Twin Cities area, uh, look it up, 2DCon.net. And if you're not in the area... Uh, keep an eye out on Sunday, August 13th at 2.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. We will be live streaming our show, uh, Mega Dads Live, When Two D's Collide,
0: is the name of the show that we are doing live. I'm really surprised that you picked that up. Oh, that was the best. That was the I best I sent one. that to you. I'm like, there's no way John's going to be okay with this. No, that's the best. <laughs> that's
3: amazing.
0: That is the best one. All right. Hey. Oh, best. my God. So...
1: That's it. Oh, and uh, Patreon.com/MegaDads. slash Megadads If you would like to be, become a producer, uh, we've had we've had some good uh, we've had a good run here recently with um, some new producers, some new folks, some new folks. So let's thank get you, some more. Thank you all to them, and yeah, that's, that's gonna, it. That's gonna do it. Thank you to Johnny Casino. Thank you to Victor Lucas, and we will see you next month on MegaDads Live.